Previously on Martini Giant. For me, some of the cutting, I it, when I was watching it and they were like in um, their interior, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there was this pasta bowl and then Olive Garden thing, and I was like, I don't know if I would have put cut an Olive Garden commercial into it. <laughs> in the center. <laughs> that to a me, strange choice for this. Yeah, one. I just it's wouldn't true. cut that in. Eric I think watched this on YouTube and it was uh, free. Uh, <laughs> has, oh, is that what it was? Supporting. Okay, because I was like, I wouldn't made those editorial yeah, choices. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, like uh, there's a confrontation. There's a confrontation, right? Confrontation, right. Yeah, like, and uh, like uh, it looks like a big fight's going to start. Right. It sort of backs down off of that, and then that guy. He says, "What are you looking at?" Yeah, you That's looking what he at? says. Yeah, what and then he says, at? "You he see says, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah." And, and then the pasta plate comes out, and then yeah, and exactly. unlimited and fettuccine, yeah, and, and, and you have so many choices of bread, and, and that's fantastic. incredible. Yeah, yeah. like fact, a little bit more, of that song. which means I almost like it. <laughs> Hurts so good. Hurts so good. Yeah, dude, let's do this. That's it. Yeah, oh man, what's that's the title of the podcast? That's yeah, it's hurt so good. Uh, hurt so good. You mean the John Mellencamp song? <laughs> yes. Can you? Can you? Know an interesting do? fact about that. Do you know the interesting? Fa- <laughs> That song's a very interesting song in that yeah, album. it's about John Hurt. Hurt's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 26, which was a suggestion by our very own Eric Sheely. And he suggested two movies. Yes, sometimes we don't necessarily listen to our fans. We make our own suggestions. And uh, this is something he wanted to talk about. So, the first one is Good Time from 2017, directed by the... Safety Brothers, and a uh, pretty interesting little indie film uh, that's kind of about a heist that goes terribly wrong. Uh, very interesting discussion between uh, Eric and Dan and I on this particular film. The second one is an absolutely incredible film. It is Lenny from 1974, directed by Bob Fosse, uh, and starring uh, Dustin Hoffman and Valerie Perrin. I mean, this is a fantastic movie that you really should be on your list to watch. Uh, really, really liked it. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. Really great. It's a movie based uh, on a play that is the story of Lenny Bruce, a very famous comedian. Uh, and so it's all sort of um, interesting in, in itself. Uh, would love to hear from you guys if you have other ideas along these lines. Like I said, this was something that we did ourselves, but we are taking user suggestions. And actually, we are going to have more and more guests as well. So I've got a whole bunch of guests lined up uh, that we're going to be talking to. So uh, those would be really cool. Remember, you can always check us out on all the social networks that we mentioned many times on the show. But we would also really love to have a review and a rating from you guys on Apple Podcasts. All right, guys, with that, please enjoy episode 26, Good Time and Lenny. Why don't you tell me this? Why don't you tell me you're recording? There it is. <laughs> Should we open this? Yes. I got this for you, Eric. What is that? It's Prosecco. I know Eric loves Prosecco. Uh, he enjoys it because it's uh, light and refreshing. That's right. And uh, this, these uh, movies were Eric's suggestions. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Boom. And uh, they're very Eric suggestions. Bim scala bim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Very much an Eric suggestion. Uh, really? Oh yeah. I don't think anyone else would have picked these two movies. Why? Because they're dark and moody and, and sad. Yeah. I I I am I'm a fan of both of these movies uh, at at the outset. And uh, uh, did you see Good Time before? Yeah, I did. Yep, a couple I of times. I was not a fan of Good Time. 
Oh, excellent. This is going to be a good conversation. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, no. So I did movie, not find it to be a good time. A good time. Um, <laughs> Are the, you serious? Why? Uh, well, we're, we're gonna, we'll, we'll get, get into, into it. it. Or let's we introduce ourselves. Right. Uh, this, uh, this, this is uh, Martini Giant, a podcast uh, in which uh, three visual effects industry fellas talk about movies. Movies. Uh, yep. and, and the movies we are touching on this week, selected by Eric. Selected by Eric. Uh, and I should note also that, by the way, we are, we are completely open to listener suggestions. Mm. And we have actually now a large <coughs> uh, – there's the Prosecco popping. Nice. We have exciting. a large selection uh, from the uh, audience, but they should not, you should not shy away from making more suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and in fact, a lot of people have been approaching us on social media and an email too uh, about some selections. And so I find – that very nice of them and did great emails long long emails uh so i'm very much appreciate uh that mm-hmm. and so we're, we're i'm i'm putting them in a big document about all the suggestions we want to talk about i think someone mentioned they want to see some jacques tati stuff which was very cool yeah um and that we've mentioned that many times so at some point we definitely have to cover jacques tati uh there's some french films that generally want to be covered um Oh, Melville, Jean-Pierre uh, Melville. City of, Melville. Uh, Melville. Yeah. Uh, someone said City of God. Oh, City of God, great film. Yeah, yeah. yeah great film. So that is another good one yeah. uh, to go up there, but lots of stuff like that. So I really appreciate it. And, you know, it was funny. I was having this conversation myself. I've always, I've always had these doubts. I've always doubt myself, which is a good way to, to think as a creative person is doubt, right? It's <laughs> the constant way I to think as a creative person. <laughs> Never doubt, right? No, you just go right forward, Eric. Mm-hmm. But uh, – the the fact is that uh, people enjoy the length of the podcast and the ramblings of the podcast and the random stuff and the fact that we talk about movies that no one else has necessarily seen. So I'm going to say keep going. Um, so let's. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. So, so tonight we're going for about uh, I think uh, six and a half hours, and we're going to start no, from the position. No, because our last one I, was <laughs> definitely our longest, four and a half hours. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, man. That's pretty great. But the thing that was amazing, okay, so that that was the horror film one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't actually deviate too much from the conversation. We just literally talked about three movies. Yeah, it was just an epic selection of movies. Yeah. Like we, yes. it's like we gave almost a movie's length to each movie. <laughs> yes, uh, really yeah. good stuff, and I yeah. really uh, thought it was awesome. Yep, yep. Eric, here's your funny. your prosecco. Oh my god, uh, thank you. You're I'll be on the Lido deck. Oh, wait, uh, is a spin? Was that spin drift? Is spin drift become the new Lacroix? I like Spindrift. It's pretty good. It's a, like it's kind of sour, right? It tastes like Lacroix was like a. It's like better. Just it's water. better than Lacroix. It's better than Lacroix, I think. Yeah, I've had a couple of uh, Spindrifts. It's Spindrift like, available. Used to it. It's it's a it's pricey for a basically soda water. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But I like I do. But uh, being my, from Cape Cod, my, my I like wife, the Cape Cod. My, my wife, my wife really likes it because it's it's. Uh, it's Pretty much the mostly natural flavors. Mm-hmm. Most, mostly natural. <laughs> I hope that it says that right there. Spindrift. Mostly natural. Actually, no. It says completely natural. Ingredients is carbonated water and fresh lemon juice. That's it. No sugar added. Mostly. Completely natural. It's completely natural. <laughs> but it wasn't Calorie, calories three. Nice. Wasn't, um, though, LaCroix like that? And then yeah, they turned out they, they were like, lying. Minus the, the bilge water? <laughs> yeah. It turns out it was not completely natural. It was mostly completely natural. they just busted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I still, I still like Lacroix quite a bit. That's uh, still a favorite of mine, no matter what kind of weird 
you know, lead or poisons they're putting in there to yep. flavor it out. Uh, before we talk about these two movies, I just want to note that Eric has completely uh, found a new way to, to podcast. As many of you guys know, he loves to sketch while podcasting, and so he's actually has his back turned to me at this point. I, yes, it doesn't mean I hate you. No, I know it uh, suggests, and he is him. he is he has found a way to position his laptop on a, on a, on a table so that he can look at stills of the movies that we are talking about and sketch them out. So pretty good. What other movies we're talking about tonight? We are talking about two really good movies. Good time and well. One really good movie. <laughs> good Time and... Good Time and Lenny. And Lenny with Dustin Hoffman as Lenny Bruce. Uh, directed by Bob Fosse. Directed yes. by the amazing fucking Bob Fosse. The amazing Jesus. Bob Fosse. Yeah. And if you guys catch on FX, Fosse Verdon. Oh, here it's great with... Um, I have it. I yeah, can, well, well, uh, it's Michelle... Uh, Williams. I Michelle it Somebody give me oh the disc. Oh, my God. I got This is a... That is a fantastic... Lenny is a fantastic film. Probably one of Dustin Hoffman's... Oh, it's great. Best performance. And can it's I just say the silence that Fosse uses, like in all that jazz when he was about to have a heart oh, attack. Oh, God, dude. Yeah. Yeah. How beautiful is that? There's yeah. no music. For people that don't know who Bob Fosse is in terms of his movies, he did Cabaret. He did uh, Lenny. He did uh, All That, all that Jazz. jazz. Yep. He did um, uh, Sweet Charity, I think. And he was a very complex guy. And you can see a thing about his life called Fosse Verdon, yep. mm-hmm. um, which is on FX. And it's getting rave With, reviews. Uh, Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell. And, yes, uh, says Bob Fosse, and uh, yeah, Fosse is just like he is. What, he is one of the most underrated filmmakers. That like his, he's mainly he was a what, choreographer. By the way, he's when, a choreographer. Yeah, year after Lenny came out, he had won essentially the triple threat because mm-hmm. he had won a Tony, an Emmy, and an Oscar. And an Oscar. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, man, oh, man, it's 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 weird that he is sort of in seventy three forgotten about. Yeah, because he, like his movie making is. <clears throat> Is not only really great; it's super influential. Like watching Lenny, I was like, "Whoa, this is like the first kind of this movie, like the way the oh, way that it's made and the docu style yeah. of it is oh, so yeah. genius." Oh yeah, like, the docu style. And that yeah. is uh, Sofia Coppola's favorite director. I believe. Oh, it's, yeah, I, it's, I understand. Yeah, it. It, it, I understand it's, it. it's like watching The Office done by someone that's very talented. Oh, it's really something. <laughs> okay, so which one do we want to bust out first? Well. I, I want to talk time. about Lenny. Well, no, okay. Wait, well, you want to talk about Good Time first? No, we don't have to. We didn't talk about anything you want. It's your uh, world. We I just want to. I'll just want to say one more thing about Bob Fosse. That mm. was fast. So, I have uh, because uh, I go to this conference called THU. One of the people I met there, who is an amazing person, is uh, a guy named Norman Seif. Mm-hmm. Norman Seif is um, a famous photographer who's photographed. Like every celebrity in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, 90s. he's had uh, some very famous photographs. Yeah, people might fa- know. yeah, yeah. Like you know, the most famous photograph that you've ever seen of uh, uh, Steve Jobs that was Norman Seif. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, you know, um, all all the celebrities. Yeah, tremendous work. And what he also did while he was doing these photo sessions is he um, he filmed them all. Mm-hmm. And he has a huge archive. Uh, a lot of the film is actually undeveloped. That's sitting oh, in a no vault. Kidding. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, it's sitting in a vault because he couldn't afford to uh, do it at the time. But he's got hundreds and hundreds of hours of of footage of these celebrities while they're being fo- uh, photo uh, photographed. Mm-hmm. But he did. Uh, uh, I talked to Norman, and you know, hung out with him. And it turns out he's he lives in Burbank, and uh, he's kind of a neighbor of mine now. And so we. I got to chat with him, and he he did one. Uh, uh, he showed me some footage of his photo session with Bob Fosse. Oh, <gasps> nice, nice! It was 
like watching a Bob Fosse film. <laughs> wow. It was amazing. That's amazing. That is amazing. It's just him talking about choreography and dance. Right. And Norman slowly – Norman, by the way, he's a, he's a great photographer, but he's an amazing – like psychiatrist in a sense, like uh-huh. he he can sit there and Ooh. like talk you into expressing yourself, right? Which at you know at, and with all of the ones like people are reluctant at first, and then slowly they get really into it and they want to do it. So he actually talked Bob Fosse into dancing, which oh, was oh no kidding, incredible, yeah, that's amazing, <sighs> yeah. And yeah. he had a hat and he was just like oh my god. You guys have to see. Did you see Fosse Verdon, Chris? Which what's what's that? The That's new the, show, the miniseries on. Um, I did not see it. I I have a copy. I will. You guys have to see it. Okay. It's it's you can't stop it. Yeah. Okay. It's and Michelle Williams is fantastic. Yeah, she's such an actor, man. Yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And, and Sam Rockwell is amazing. It's per perennially. Perfect. Well, he's always amazing. Yeah, yeah. he's always amazing. Uh, so so here's a question: uh, Do we? Look, what do you guys? Let, well, let's go. Let's go talk about Good Time because I saw Good Time first, and then I saw. Uh, I saw Lenny after that. Right, to, to cleanse your palate, you watched Lenny. <laughs> it's not a real uh, palate cleansing kind no, of movie. It's not. It's Leaves not. you a dirty taste yeah, in your it's mouth. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, okay, so let's uh, so well let's do the let's do the fast sum up. Like let's just go the quick sum up and then talk okay. about everything. So these two movies, I couldn't because we usually try to like it's clear what the relationship between these two movies mm-hmm. is. So um, to give it like a 30 second sum up of these movies the the uh good time is a story about a heist it's yeah it sort of starts that way anyway it's a yeah, story about yeah. a heist it begins this way and then goes into like trying to save his uh uh mentally challenged brother right so this movie stars uh robert pattinson who mm-hmm. is amazing and mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. um and uh he and he plays the main character his uh Mentally Challenged Brother is played by um, Benny Safdie, who is right. the, one of the co-directors of the film. Right. And uh, and uh, I would say an incredible actor. In, in his very good. Yeah. Very convincing yeah. actor. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Jennifer Jason Leigh. She's like the only like name, yeah. big name person yeah. in there. Yeah. But. She's, I mean, I, I think she's great. She's, uh, one of, she's definitely one of those characters where like she's, it's, it's such an interesting novelty to have her show up in the movie. Yeah, uh, and it probably got the movie money, <laughs> you know, right? Uh, because I'm like, she's not really that important. Yeah, really. she's not she's not central to the movie, but it also like in this case for me like that fits. We'll talk about that okay in a bit. But so yeah, so basically, it's it's it starts off as a heist, things go wrong, and then it goes down this 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 extravagant journey of trying to figure things out. Right, traveling through New York. Right, uh, it uh, is it's a it's a series of compounding terrible decisions. Yes. Com- think- a- yes, absolutely. They just keep getting worse and worse and worse. Right. Oh, now I get it. That's the relationship. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. Yep. But this all happens in one night. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then the second movie is Lenny. Is Lenny. Which is uh, based on a play, I believe. A, a docudrama yes. based on a play. About a real lo- person. Yeah. Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Who's a comedian. Who's a like very famous comedian. And, um, <laughs> and who got into terrible trouble because of his persistence in pushing the boundaries of what you can say on stage. Right. And, Which uh, today 
would never is the regular Netflix special. Neg- yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it is uh, it is about um, censorship, get, and it's he about, would get um, arrested for saying cocksucker. Yes, example, exactly. Right. The, the police would wait as a show. So we'll, I, I used to live in the West Village uh, for years, and uh, right on by uh, Charles Street. So like two and a half blocks from me, down this little lane was the Vanguard Village mm-hmm. Vanguard, and behind it was the stage entrance door. And I remember walking around there because I sometimes I go to Vanguard and uh, guy walking by just saw me just kind of walking and all the guys like that's where they used to haul Lenny Bruce out and he kept walking. <laughs> it's a very New York story. That's and you know that's where Lou Reed lived in the neighborhood right, and right, and right. Uh, David Byrne and uh, Joey Ramone. But it's um. That's where uh, Lenny – and it was the door. That was the one that he used to come out. Oh, my God. Because they'd be waiting for him. So he yeah. would get off stage and go right into the patrol car behind. <laughs> it's your, that's, that, was his, uh, that was his Uber. <laughs> that was his Uber. Right. That's right. But, yeah, so these, uh, these two pictures, um, uh, the, uh, directed by uh, – the first directed by the Safdie brothers who uh, have a new movie coming out uh, with Adam Sandler called Uncut Gems, which is – That's going to be good. Yeah, that's supposed to be – it's already gotten great reviews uh, out of uh, TIFF and uh, out of Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, rather um, uh, Telluride, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. And, um, and then they are going to go on to direct the remake of 48 Hours. Oh! Which is sort of amazing. What? Uh, Why yeah. are they remaking that? I, because that's what we do now. That's what we do. <sighs> Can um, I just get you that's know, like with Nick, Nick Nolte? Nolte. Yeah, yeah, Nick Nolte <laughs> and uh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> oh, <wait>. if <laughs> If I were going to remake anything, I would want to uh, remake uh, uh, the show Star Blazers with Nick Nolte as Captain Avatar. That I would do. Okay. <laughs> like some someone out in the audience just laughed really hard, but like the uh, but Nick Nolte crazy now with uh, saying uh, saying uh, saying things like. Uh, use the wave motion gun. Would be perfect. <laughs> Here's the deal. <laughs> that's, a pretty, that's a really good Nick Nolte. I, I've, I've been trying. I'm, I'm honing that one in the background. Yeah, Could you make Down and Out in Beverly Hills again? Oh man, I I do love that movie. That's a good little movie. You, I don't think you could though. It's no. a very eighties movie. Yeah, that's that. There was an that was a sort of magical period of time, right? Where yeah. it's just like where like comedy was extremely high concept and pretty offensive, um, and also. <laughs> What uh, dirty rotten scoundrels? Which dirty rotten scoundrels. Yeah, they, they tried to remake that thing. That did not work. That did not work with did they, women. Did mm-hmm. they do it? Yeah, uh, I can't remember the name of the thing. Oh, I don't it was with um, the, the 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 British the, girl. Yes, she's from Pitch Perfect yeah. and uh, and from Interstellar and. What's she's her Interstellar. Face? No, 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 the other the other woman is from Interstellar. Oh, right. <laughs> Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Um, and uh, yeah, they they attempted to make a semi sequel. To that, and it did not fly. Did nope, not work, um, because nobody knows what the first one was. So no one go. understood it. Yeah, well, it's like. And besides, the first one has Michael Caine. Like you're going to make a better movie than a movie with Michael Caine. Michael Caine and Steve Martin. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Is that um, Frank Oz? Uh, that is Frank Oz directing. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's a that's a classic little bit of business. Ruprecht. Not not mother. <laughs> If you if you don't stop, was it if you don't stop banging your pots, you won't have any pots left. <laughs> mother, mother, not mother, not mother. <laughs> oh, that's it. Nailing these yeah. impressions. I feel, I, I, well, yeah, it's like I can't I can't actually beat Eric 
on the impressions front. So I, I go for no. You do some good ones. I, I, well, the Nick Nolte is the new one. I'm going to keep on. I'm yeah, going to like, hone that one in. By the way, uh, did you know that? Uh, remember the guy who helped us out on um, on uh, uh, VRI IRL, who was the producer, who was producer on Dukes of Hazard stuff. You remember? Oh that? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, his super cool stepdad was Nick Nolte. Mm. <laughs> No, no kidding. <laughs> wow. Yeah, his wow. his mother I kind of got married to Nick Nolte, and I don't know how it did last. Whatever it was, but. man, oh man, God yeah. bless it. Yeah, I, I like <laughs> Nick, Nick Nolte has like it's like he enters a uh, sort of a chrysalis every few years and becomes a new Nick Nolte. You watch him. You watch him since like the and deep. his voice just gets like. And he just, like I think he, I think he, he sounds like a had, lion or yeah, it's a tiger. True. Like I wonder if he just eats rocks and had, like they're in a catch in his throat. You know, it's sort of like how birds have. That. I wonder if he's ever smoked a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's ever eaten a box of cigarettes. <laughs> that might be true. By the way, when you watch this Fosse film, if you guys, I highly recommend it, guys. The uh, Fosse Verdun, Verdun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, you'll realize he must have been a three and a half pack a day uh, smoker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I sure. mean, it's crazy. Yeah, for sure, man, oh man. And that really was his heart surgery in all that jazz. Was that actually his? Yeah. Wow, man. Well, if you guys well, haven't okay. seen all their uh, in the audience, if you haven't seen all that jazz, just stop oh listening God. and go watch all that. Yeah, jazz. a lot of my professors at NYU uh, for theater and stage design in the early nineties, mm-hmm. um, not a lot, but a bunch of them. Uh, Knew him and worked with him. Oh God, what a character, dude! I can't even imagine what that would have been like. He's like, he's one of this. Like, there's a there's a certain period, especially in um, you know, in say the New York art scene and a certain period of time where it really seems fictional to me in how cool it was. Like, it's like, but it's like superheroes. It's like the X Men uh, of art. In uh, well, I'll tell you, it's amazing that one of my professors in my senior uh, thesis class uh, at NYU for Stage design mm-hmm. was a guy named Oliver Smith, mm-hmm. and Oliver was uh, friends with Tennessee Williams. But he was probably he started American Ballet Theater, mm-hmm. a company, and he also was Tennessee Williams's stage designer. Oh man! So he did most of Tennessee's, and I remember him once saying, "The biggest mistake I made in my life was on vacation telling Tennessee because he read the first draft of Streetcar, uh-huh. and he's like, it's not very good.'" <laughs> And he's like, I've made mistakes in my life. That was the, that was the big one. More sweat. <laughs> but the, the the amazing thing about Oliver, I would I would take, uh, you know, we'd have these five six hour classes, uh, twice a week, and uh, bring in your stage designs. We had stage models I built, and mm-hmm. then I'd do the whole, um, all the acts, right. like, but models, a uh, quarter inch and half yeah, inch. Yeah. And um, his cousin was Paul Bowles. So in the late 40s and 50s, he lived with Paul in Morocco with Jane Bowles oh. and uh, Allen Ginsberg. Uh, not Allen, yeah. So he and I <laughs> love like, Paul Bowles and uh-huh. uh, Sheltering Sky. Right. And there was a great biography and he's in it completely. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like 800 pages and I was reading it at night. And then I'd come in the next day and I'm like, I got a question for you at the end of class. He's like, what? And then <laughs> I would ask him, he's like, "Ma, well, you kiddies just made him into a hero. And, right, you know, right. but he would clarify things. He's right. like, ah, that's not how I remember it. I right. remember blah, 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 blah. And it would just be like, you would read the book and in the book were photos of him and Paul and Jane and right. everything in, you know, Marrakesh 1951. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, it sounds so like it, 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 it sounds like a novel. It doesn't sound like Yeah, real life. so I would literally go and see, oh, there's Oliver. 
Right. You know, 1952, you know, and, Bananas. and like, you know, like, I, I, and then I, you I, go in the next day and talk to him about it and be like, look, you're right here. He's like, I see, I see. I feel like when I, when I hear stories like that, I feel exactly like how, um, um, uh, Owen Wilson feels in the Woody Allen movie, uh, what's it called? Um, where he goes, Owen Wilson goes back in time. That's right. To, oh, Paris. Uh, 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 yeah. Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh man, nothing is cool today. Like, well, but you know, like hundred years ago, it was like this. And then you're there and then everyone there is complaining about, oh, nothing's cool today. It's like a hundred years ago. It was much better than at that movie. The more, the more I think about it, I used to hate that movie because I used to think it's like, I fucking hate nostalgia. Yeah. And that movie is, is specifically telling you it, it's nostalgia. An, it, Bullshit. Nostalgia is bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, it's an anti-nostalgia movie, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, while capturing that sort of amazingness of yeah. of, of these characters at the same time, yeah. and so essentially saying, like, you know, it's hard to be aware of your current moment of amazingness, like because everyone everyone who is an artist now is in your re- is in a re- is in your real life situation, right? Whereas right. like Ernest Hemingway isn't. You know, he's he's become legendary or Lou Reed, for instance, or like like for me, like the idea of like being in New York in like the, you know, late 70s or 80s when it's just like, you know, I'm going to go see Smithereens at the movie theater. After I go love see, Smithereens. Oh, Smithereens is fucking amazing to me. Oh, my um, God. I remember. I used to see those guys. No, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's just I like, love the Smithereens. <laughs> like Behind it, the wall of sleep. Yeah. And she had hair like Jeannie Shrimpton. Oh, incredible. Like in incredible, 1969. Right? Yeah. So good. So yeah, good. Yeah. That guitarist I used to see at Matt Umanoff Guitars on Bleecker Street. Oh, dude. I yeah. forget that guy because he played a Rickenbacker. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Umanoff across from the... Um, John's Pizza on mm-hmm. uh, Bleecker and uh, Seven. Yeah, shout out to John's fan of the show. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's the thing, Ned. I like I, I utterly romanticize that. That's kind where of Grandpa told culture. me to fuck off. Remember, I told you a story about oh, yeah. like Grandpa for the Monsters. <laughs> yeah, he has, right. he had an Italian that's right. That's right. You did an Italian yeah. restaurant next yeah. to John's, and hey. I remember I saw him smoking a cigar. Grandpa I'm like, Monster. hey, Grandpa, he's like he pulls up. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> cigar back in. I was like, great. Have a nice day to you. No, they wanted, he wanted to put that on the show so bad they kept on cutting it out. <laughs> Little Eddie Monster. Fuck off. It's true. Yeah. But those stories, like with Oliver, the, it was incredible insight. Mm-hmm. And to be able to read a book and go in the next day, right. it's kind of like when I would listen to Lou and go out to my video store and Lou would be there. Right. right. Or um, the other thing was- I just can't imagine, though. I'm like, I, I was at- uh, CVS in Burbank, and I run into Uncle Leo from <laughs> Man of oh Man from from uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, oh, I yeah. see him there. I mean, he's he's passed away now, but I saw him there. And I just so much want to go, Uncle Leo. Uncle Leo. Don't you a, have a number of Seinfeld personalities in your life? Um, I so, do. Yeah, it's <laughs> interesting. I do have a couple. Yeah, that's that's true. That's interesting. Uh, Seinfeld just got <clears throat> uh, bought by Netflix. Oh yeah, the entire show. The entire yeah, show. For how That's much? Right. For, I don't know, but they're basically globally uh, distributing it. Right. So Seinfeld will be on that. Well, it's because they're losing what the Office or something like that, and they're looking for the next. Because um, they, I they, guess, the, the, I guess Seinfeld was was on Hulu, but they're going to be yeah, whatever. That's amazing that Hulu would let go of that. Good God, man! Right? I mean, like, because uh, uh, Netflix has hit it big with Friends and Frasier and uh, The Office and all that right. stuff. So they're they're making. We sure watch that a lot of Frasier. Frasier, as we've said on the show many times, Frasier is possibly the best written sitcom. Like, mm. I think Frasier, uh, for the first, at least first five seasons of Frasier, um, first three seasons. It gets seasons, a little sappy towards the end, but that's okay. Towards what the end, end. Yeah. That's okay. It's fine. I mean, they, you get like a lot but of But do you have the amazing one liners in that? Oh, it's incredible. Incredible. <clears throat> great characters. Amazing. And, um, uh, and yeah, so like for them to take on. 
It's like, man, because Friends really hit big with uh, millennials. That was a giant success with millennials. Really? Yeah, and The Office as well. Um, I just don't understand Friends because, I mean, I watched Friends. It was entertaining, but a part of me is like, eh. Yeah, well, I've watched all of Friends. I, I, I've, I've really, seen it. Yeah. I've seen it all. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the show, but I think there's there's something. I just don't see why millennials would like it. Uh, no, I think that I think millennials certain... are more sophisticated than that. Yeah, like like <laughs> Friends is well, Friends. I remember Entertainment Weekly long ago did like mapped out why Friends is like the perfect sitcom because like if you imagine like a, I forgot what the points were, but like imagine like a map where uh, the four. Uh, corners would be like north, east, south, and west was like you'd have north and south would be uh, too sweet and south would be too offensive. And then uh, east and west would be too intellectual and uh, and west would be uh, uh, too stupid. Right. Like between those four points, Friends was right in the center. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like the ultimate four quadrant pr- production. Like it was right. just so, smart enough now and again to be like, oh, it's, it's by smart people. It's basically compromise. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an average because between everything, right? Everyone's gonna find something to like in that show. I did, I like that show quite a bit. Sign or Frasier is very intellectual. Yeah, well, I think that like I'm, if Netflix has been, I mean, I'm probably gonna be proven wrong, but like I think that the the sweetness uh, and optimism of Friends is what uh, the millennials clicked with, and I, the millennials, I hate saying shit like that, but but what millennials. Uh, clicked with was that um, was it's just a happy generally happy show about nice people mm-hmm. you know uh, in the midst of like mostly depressing shows right. um, and the same is true with Frasier right and uh, and you know like that sits in well with uh, other big successes for the same group like uh, uh, Parks and Recreation is like that mm-hmm. and stuff like that um, but Seinfeld is like that's a mean show. They're terrible people. They're terrible people who do awful things all the time. And it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a funny, very funny show. Right. Um, but it's not a – and from the people that I've – you know, from younger people that I know have watched it, they're like, why would you watch a show about these fucking assholes? Right. <laughs> Just like because they're yeah, fucking assholes. Great show. Right. Did I ever see it? Ballers? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen this yet. I've only uh, seen trailers, but I it. do love um, Monsieur Dwayne Rock. The Rock he's Johnson. A, he's an amazing guy. Yeah, I think yeah. he's incredible. I think he's great. All right. Let's get on to our movies. Okay. So uh, the first we one wanna, is Good we Time. Don't get, yeah, Good Time. Okay. So Good Time. Uh, 2017. So fairly recent movie. Mm-hmm. These guys have made a fair number of movies. Like, okay. They've made a number of like uh, in fairly quick succession. Uh, they made uh, four or five indie films. Okay. No, but Good Time was their, was their real breakout. Okay. The the plot of this starts off with an interview of uh, one of the one of the brothers mm-hmm. who is the mentally challenged brother uh, talking to a psychiatrist, and he's talking to him about asking him questions, trying to basically get a gauge on his mental, mental state. Yeah. Right. And and the thing is that the brother is he's mentally challenged, but there's a there's he's a big dude. There's a certain air of threat about him. Like, right. He seems like you, you, he could be threatening. Yeah. Like he seems very, very nice and very caring, but he might lose control and be violent. It's right. Like the, there's a weird tense balance. A little bit man. of uh, like Lenny from Mice and Men. Yes. As opposed to Lenny <laughs> from Dustin Hoffman. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, um, yeah, he's very Lenny quality to him. And, right. uh, and uh, yeah, they're, they're trying to assess um, this character. And uh, and and see you know what right. kind of treatment he needs his relationship to his brother you know and then the brother breaks in mm-hmm. says you don't have to talk to this guy let's go right right and uh, his brother 
takes him out. To go steal stuff. This is where I'm starting to have a problem with this movie. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. It doesn't like <laughs> he makes like that. Uh, let, let's let's. It's say just that, it, it. This feels very student film. Is this is the here, the only thing student film? Sorry, go, no, no. The only thing student film was I. I know they did it on a, a purpose to to crop in, uh-huh. but I was begging for a, a, you know just like one something below. It's a very close. Millimeter. Yeah, it's a very close shot. Everything sure. is shot extremely shallow depth of field, extremely close, and a lot of sound over stuff. Yes, that's true. That's true. It's very and you know lots of colorful lighting. Yeah, and I happen to like everything that we're talking about right now. Yeah, so, these are these so are all things I. that I love. It, it was totally cool. Um, it's like it's very it's very and it's I a normal, very intense. And movie. I normally do as well, but mm-hmm. there was just like it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Why was it frustrating? I don't know because it was just like it, ironically, I felt there wasn't enough character development. <laughs> right, 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 right. Because it was like. Why? Why are you doing this? Well, I I agree completely. Why? Why are you doing this? Why you? De- why do you decide let's rob a bank? Right. Because that's what basically happens, right? I mean, like, which is true for every decision he makes in the movie. Why? Why? Okay. So why? What about the grandmother? Right. Why? Like, don't just like oh well we're just going to leave that out there and right. like, but because like oh it just seems like it's condescending to me as an audience. Like there's mm-hmm. need some. There, there wasn't a story. There, what? Well, there, right. there is a story. There's the, like, but yeah. there's no underlying story. I, 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 I totally like, hear what it, you're saying. It's like, it's like a freaking, you know. Here's a really good cappuccino, except there's no coffee in it. <laughs> it's got an <laughs> right, amazing right, right. foam top. Right, right, right. It looks beautiful because, like, but the, there's no actual like coffee in it. Right, right, right. So the it's like someone made me a cappuccino with Earl Grey instead. The <laughs> right. Uh, the because uh, the, the tone of the movie is both frenetic and frantic, right? which is appropriate because that's how the guy is feeling. Right, like right? he's and it's also it, like and this is I get where our, I think where our feelings coincide on this movie is that like like the like his nonsensical choices, right? Like they all appear to him to be good ideas in the moment that he has them. And then he just acts on no, it. No, they're stupid ideas. They, well, they are stupid ideas. They're all proven to be stupid ideas. They're but, stupid when he made them. They're, they're, yeah, they're no, knee-jerk. They're, yeah, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're, they're good, good ideas to us in the moment. They're just – they're like he, like he has these dumb ideas and then immediately acts on them because he thinks it's the only – he goes like, what are my options here? This, I'm going to do this, right? Because he, he has absolutely no consideration – for literally anyone in that film outside of his brother. And even then, it's sort of a selfish relationship that he has with his brother. It is. You know? Yes. Like, he is a, he's an absolute and total narcissist. Like, he, yes. he he imagines all of his ideas are incredible. Like, he's frustrated that no one will do what he says. Right. And, you know, like, if you look, if you, you know, step back for a second from his life, like, it's just this fucking idiot chain of compounding errors that make everyone's life worse. Right. And and he keeps on complaining that nobody's helping him out. When holy shit, dude! Everyone helped. You are a you are a you are a trash fire, right? You know, and it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Every everyone he touches is uh, is hurt by him in some way. So what happens basically? He 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 somehow yanks his brother out of a therapy session, mm-hmm. 
And then the next thing is they're robbing a bank together. Right. With these like weird out masks. of nowhere. Yep. And they got these really weird masks on, which actually were pretty creepy and cool. They were awesome. Yeah. They were really cool. Um, and so they rob the bank and uh, they go to the teller. The teller gives them all the money out of the register. And then he goes, no, get the money from the back, which is I already, I already knew. Yeah, it's going to go wrong. Like, this is not That's the dumbest thing ever. I've seen, you know, uh, Raising Arizona to fucking don't do it. Yeah. Don't get the money where you don't see what's going in a fucking bag. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Dumb idea because he wants more money. It's called the um, um, something uh, something tea pack. Yeah, that's right. And it's 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 basically an exploding I had one explode on me. Oh, my God. Dude, that must have been startling. Why? Because you were robbing a bank? You weren't even finished robbing the bank. No. uh, I'll tell you why. Um, before I even moved here, just so people know what I'm talking about, when he gets, he took all his money, and she takes the, the the bag the bag into the into the vault, puts more money into it, but also puts in a, basically a ticking time bomb of gas and, and paint, a, and paint <laughs> that goes into that stains everything. Right, and if you've seen the bank robbery movie, you know that these it, things exist. Right. right, and so what's it, what did you say it was called? So, um, some uh, uh, pack tea, pa- uh, something tea. Pack mm-hmm. okay, and it's called a safe or T, T space P A C right, and that was the name of the brand or what they used in it right. For and, the it's money. A, and it's a permanent dye, bright pink, and it and it has a um, it's tear gas as well, right. which really really hurts. Yeah. I mean, you cry and you swell up, and uh, I was involved in a bank robbery. Um, it's only a couple though. No, I mean, were you really? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 yeah, and, and like the as uh, a robber or as someone. No. Statute of limitations is well past, so we can pre- continue. No, to talk I about was this. involved. I really was involved in a bank robbery before okay. I moved here. I was living in the village. The guy I was to tell you about, who's now with you know the big agency, uh-huh. he had an apartment, um, and basically it was the Plaza San Vicente, Montana. It was a Jamba Juice. My wife's. <laughs> oh, this gets better. better. My wife's uh, coffee. I met her. Uh, Three years later, I met her. She had a coffee shop there. Mm-hmm. But I um, came out. I hooked up with this girl. And then the next morning, we were just getting breakfast. So we went to Jamba Juice to get a juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a city bank between right next to Jamba Juice. Right. He robbed. These two guys robbed the city bank. And they have chairs and tables you know, around the Jamba Juice next in front of the bank. Right. And he got out of the bank. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, the guy had a gun. He had a bandana on. Mm-hmm. And he had these sacks of money mm-hmm. that were like super heavy canvas with the leather yeah, sure, right. things on yeah, the top. Right. And one exploded probably where the door is for me. Uh-huh. And he held it's it out. But I saw the guy with a gun. And I was like – the girl I was with did not see – I was like, that guy's got a gun. Right. And I just kind of got up like I got to get out of here. Yeah, and right. I looked to her and when I looked back, it exploded and he actually put it in my face. Oh my God, really? Jesus. And I was hit by this. The guy picked him up on the corner of San Vicente and Montana in this little side street. That's where OJ was. did the corner. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, right That's in That's the exact same place. Oh my God. And right. it went off in my face mm. and the next thing you know, I'm at St. John's in Santa Monica. Jesus. Oh my God. Jesus. Right? So then... The reason I know all of this is because Citibank, uh-huh. my hospital bills were, you know, I had to have hospital bills. Uh-huh. I can't tell, I, I cried. It would hurt. My face was swollen like a basketball. Right. My lungs were charred. Right. 
I mean, it really hurt, dude. Yeah. My whole body in pink all over me. Oh, my God. And <laughs> so, I'm sorry to laugh. It's unbelievable. Uh, months later, when I was back in New York, I remember having a long conversation with a representative attorney from Citibank. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hedging and haunting. Like, well, we don't know if we cover everything. I was like, dude. I, <laughs> I was just getting the jamba juice. <laughs> so they covered my – thank you very face. much, Citibank. They, they, camera, they covered all my medical expenses. Yeah, there you go. And, yeah. and, uh, and pain and suffering. Yeah. No pain and suffering. And no pain and suffering. Man, oh man, that's, really, that's insane. Pain and suffering. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. So well, when I looking, saw you're that, you're looking good, dude. I saw that <laughs> thing amazing. went off. I was like, Oh, oh yeah, I know, I know that feeling on the face because that's that terrifying. dust really and your eyes when you cry. Yeah. It just gets worse. Yeah, of course. And yeah. so it was like, ah, oh, my eyes, my tearing, tearing, and then it's and just, it's like just on fire. worse. And then oh, it just God. swells up, so you can't see out of your eyes. Right. Right. And then your face, and then when you try to rub it off your right. hands, you're stinging, and it, my lungs were charred. Right, 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 right. I mean, he th- and he looked at me because uh-huh. I saw. Did, he, I did lo- they get him? They never got him. And no. these guys actually, from what the police told us, uh, were. Uh, it's the same style in which they did it, and that was probably like their fourth or fifth one. Right. They would do the valley and in uh, like Brentwoodish other areas because on Sunday morning or Saturday mornings it was like slow. Right. Mm-hmm. So they hit a string of banks. And well, if they're fans of the podcast, maybe they can recommend some bank robbery movies too. Uh, <laughs> that we can talk about. Yeah. Next so when time. I saw that plant, the, something tea pack, oh, I was God, like, oh, like, oh that God, thing. Yeah, that thing, that yes. thing is so. Really- because of the I selfishness and of him wanting to say, you know, you know, get the money from the vault, which I knew was the dumbest, this is a dumbass thing. idea. Dumbass idea. And this is this is the least dumb idea in this movie. This st- yeah, like, it's he, it's just like it's just a, a taste of how dumb this so, guy's so be. May, may, I'm just going to take a guess. Here, and you, a, you tell me if it, tell me if it's uh, wrong. They should make this into a freaking Seinfeld comedy. Yeah, like really. basically, it is a Seinfeld comedy, right? Like, but yeah. like, this was a. Huh, it's so, like George it? Costanza in a drama, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> so, what, what, am I am I wrong in thinking that this was unenjoyable for you because this uh, Robert Pattinson is a character who is, um, f- is frustratingly uh, stupid, who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, because mm-hmm. like it's like that's not it. No, it's the fact that there's no underlying story. Yeah, there's only. I agree that there's no uh, like. There's no, nothing. Nothing happens outside of the fact that you're watching this guy's, like, watching this guy destroy his own life. Right. Like that's that is the only thing that happens in the film. It, it, it's and, the subject of the film. And it was it was I, all see, it was all about like the stupid decisions he made and yeah. the tight shots. Right. And uh, and uh, and that's it. You yeah. see, I didn't see it of him destroying his life. I just felt like he didn't really have a shot at life, so it didn't matter to him. Right, he can just repeat, wash, just, rinse, like, repeat. He's certainly not good. Like he's not learning from any of his, his mistakes whatsoever. No, and like the uh, and so like. But do you it, see the environment they live in? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I think that like the like the um the 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 movie does for me it does a really great job at uh, whipping you up into the intensity of the moment in which he finds himself trapped all the time. Sure. Um and and that is the the sort of the the greatness of the movie for me is like. Uh, it simulates his uh, his thinking. The movie, the style of the movie, simulates his thinking, and so it's just like the movie is constantly going like, "No, but we have to go now. We have to go now. We have to go now. We have to go now." And you're like, "If, if you just fucking think of this for two more seconds, you're going to see that it's a dumb idea. Don't do this." You know, and he that is, part is fine. Right. I actually, I'm okay with that part. Mm-hmm. It's just that it doesn't add up. His me. character is not 
there. Deep, and yeah, neither is his yeah. brother's character. Like it's not. It's not a. Not a well. It it pretend. It's like it pretends like you already know who these people are, but you sure, don't really right. know who they are. Right. There's no substance to yeah, the character. How different is he from the character from Drive? Yeah, it's, it's actually quite similar. Yeah, exactly. Like the like the it's the only thing you see are his actions, right? And the the one the thing that but lives, it, it's a movie that seems to think like you should be more invested in the character. No, I was never I saw, invested in any I of saw, these characters. I saw right. it as the theme park that they ended up in in the third act. Right. <laughs> right. That's what it was. That's what it was. It was a really cheap theme park yeah. and it was in Queens and it was gritty yeah. and real and nobody made a smart decision. The little girl didn't. Oh yeah, right. God. Right? Yeah. Right? It's so and depressing. so nobody made a smart decision right. and kindness was repaid with anger. Yeah, and, constantly. Um, you know, it really, but it, it went to an underbelly of just people doing wash, rinse, repeat, the same damn thing. Well, like, I guess like, this is the, the thing that gets me in this movie. Oh, actually, two things that, that, that make this movie work for me is that like the uh, I've, I've been in the state of mind that he's been in, like where I've made dumb decisions because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get out of other bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, and everything seems super heightened when you're the one who heightened it. Like, and, and you're just like angry at everybody because they're the, this heightened situation you're in. And it's like, you, you're the one who fucking set the stage for this, you idiot. This is what's happening. And, uh, and then secondarily, the one thing that exists outside of all of that is that him and his brother seem to genuinely care for each other. They just don't know how to do it. Like, he's a narcissist, so he doesn't know how to express himself outside of himself. And his brother is mentally challenged, so he doesn't know how to express himself. Period. And but you like it's the they're the only ones that that the other considers a real person. And I think that's really sort of interesting. It's like this: these are like he is Pattinson is a is a bad busted person, and and he has this one locus of action, and that's his awareness that he cares for his brother. He just has no other way to he, enact it outside he's of He's robbing a bank. We don't know why. Right. He's using his mentally challenged brother to rob the bank. He doesn't we don't know. Like he know. needs the money for some reason. We don't know why. Like and you can imagine that like there's a, like fifty other bad decisions before what, the movie starts. What? Yeah. It you just know? you right. know okay. Anyway, so he gets he gets the money, the thing explodes in their face. Now like they seem like they're gonna get away with it, but then obviously they don't because of this this bad decision they mm-hmm. made, right. at which point all this shit's on their face. Uh, so now – and on their clothes. Huh. And so they race into like a Domino's pizza or something like that, mm-hmm. I think, right? right? And they're like trying to go to the bathroom and change their – wash their face, get out of their clothes, right. whatever is going on to, to try new clothes. Right. It looks like they're going to get away with it. But no, the cops are there. Mm-hmm. Brother, his the mentally challenged brother gets arrested, captured, yep. arrested, mm-hmm. captured. At which point he's doesn't know what to do. So right. he, and it's sad, like because this brother is like doesn't really understand what's happening. Doesn't even understand what's right. happening. Right. right. So then, at which point he calls, tries to call the police station to figure out where his brother is. Right. Turns out his brother is uh, in the hospital because he got beat up in jail. Right. Right. Over a TV. Over watching something. Over watching TV or something, right? right? Uh, then he is trying to get bail money for his. That that was the other thing, right? 
He's yeah, trying to get bail trying money. Trying to get bail money for his Trying buddy. to get bail money for a buddy from a guy with the dirty money that's all stained. It's it stained pink, which it's is st- it's crazy. Dumbest thing. <laughs> right? And right. like, I can't take this and whatever. So right. now he needs an ex. So the money that he just robbed, he mm-hmm. needs to, like, suddenly he can't use it for this. He needs to use it as bail. Mm hmm. And he needs more money because right. it's not an, he doesn't even have enough money to bail him out of the situation like, that he got into. That he got his brother into. This in the is first really place. a comedy. This yeah, is yeah, really absolutely. a comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like, the more I think about it, this it's, is hilarious. It's a very, 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 very dark comedy. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's, the, uh, to me, that's the right assessment. Right. So then he decides to call his girlfriend, mm-hmm. Jennifer Jason, Jennifer Jason Lee, 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 right? And say, I need your mom's credit card. Right. <laughs> like it just like in the movie makes like and this is a, I mean this is a compliment like that kind of thinking like I just go oh god like you can feel how fucking stupid it is so he says like, I, like need a, a I need a couple cut. thousand dollars and she goes okay well and well, he's, maybe we can he's, do. he's lying to her he's lying to her and yeah. she goes how much like it's ten thousand dollars. <laughs> That's like that's not a couple. That's a ten thousand dollars. That's a ten thousand dollars. At which point, then the credit card gets declined yep. or something like that. It just just right. gets fucking bad. Right, right, right. And then and then he's like decides like that all goes to shit. <laughs> right, and then he decides like, oh, my brother's actually in a hospital, right. so he decides to I'll break him out of the hospital. Break him out of the hospital. <laughs> This is a comedy. It's comedy. It is a comedy. It is absolutely. They should a have made this. A, I would love to see a comedy version of this movie. That the, would be hilarious. It's the thing. It's like I, I argue that this is a comedy version of this movie. It's just like it's the darkest version of a comedy yeah. you could possibly make before. Uh, yeah. You know, like I mean, uh, what's 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 the what's the what's the uh, Jean Jean Favreau made? Right, 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 right. Where it's like, a, a series of bad decisions. Yeah, it's it's essentially like the who is the, the other actor in Made? Favreau? Uh, uh, no, uh, Vince. Vaughn. Uh, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. It's like Vince Vaughn, like Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Another dumb sh- yeah, like decision. The the the, uh, the the movie that this is sort of closest in my mind to. It's like a darker version of an already dark movie called After Hours. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like it has a lot of that flight. Where you're just like, it's yeah. just getting worse. Right. It's just getting worse. No matter yeah, what. But happens. there's an innocence and fun to that. Oh yeah. No, that's a that's a comparatively very sweet and, film. Where yeah. Griffin Dunn's a likable person in that, whereas Robert Pattinson is like it is stunning to me that I really love his character in this because I But it's not played as a comedy. This is played as a serious movie. No, well like, I I actually I mildly <laughs> disagree. I think it I think is is very much a comedy. Yeah, like it's intended to I be like it, over – like it's so ridiculous that you're going, oh my god, really? You over know what it is? Again. You know what it is? Mm-hmm. It is Buffalo 66. Oh, the, uh, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We oh, were talking no. about this. I haven't seen Buffalo 66. Uh, you, and I, you, you also love Buffalo 66. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. my God. I, I told it. you that when he was movie. in the theater behind me. When, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, yeah, yeah, he did. What a, what a character, man. Okay. All right. So let's get back to this. So now he's decided That's he's going to break yep. his brother out of jail. Mm-hmm. And then he finds out that all the inmates or whatever are on – this isn't a – you know, uh, sorry, out of the hospital. Right. Now, all, we're, I'm just going to say – I'm this. What you're about to say is my primary argument that this is a comedy. Okay, go ahead. No, what, what am I about to say? <laughs> that what what happens with after he breaks out his brother? It's what not happens? His, it's not his brother. It's not his brother. <laughs> it's the greatest. He, it's the greatest. He gag. finds some guy who's got his face all taped up <laughs> and, and all drugged up, it's and so he good. wheels him out of it's the room. So good. 
singing he this my brother know. because he got beat up in jail. And it turns out the guy he, he breaks out is not his brother. It's not his brother. It's a junkie. Right. A junkie and a drug dealer. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So I'm enjoying this, actually. <laughs> I'm enjoying this movie as we're talking about how Retro- stupid this is. Once you start like going through it, it becomes like very, very funny. Like yeah. that's, that's sort this of This is hilarious. a very funny movie. Yes. And it, what's funny is like the way we're talking about it, that like, oh my God, that sounds hilarious. Yeah. And if you watch the movie, it's like, nope. It's not, it's not it played is, hilarious. It, it, no, it's it not. Is, it is hilarious. It's not played hilarious. <sighs> yeah. Like it, 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 I said this when we were watching, I was watching. I just want to watch the movie and I want, you know what it would make the movie enjoyable is if there was some guy with a drum and a, and a, and a symbol <laughs> going, but I'm, Every time exactly. you made a stupid decision, exactly, exactly, dude. You're just like having a real, like, or like a slightly. That would balance. be so. That would tie it together <laughs> with Lenny Bruce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally like true. every choice he makes is yeah, like no, dumb. Now I agree that I, the comedy of errors, mm-hmm. yeah, which is really what it is, mm-hmm. is there absolutely. But it was frustrating. But they play it completely straight. They absolutely play it, play it straight. I mean, like, I think it's meant to be a comedy, but they play it like a stone cold straight as they possibly and it's, can. Yeah. Or like uh, Man Bites Dog. Man Bites Dog, yeah. No, Man Bites Dog is definitely funny. Yeah, like, or, uh, it is, but I was, it's uh, dark. Well, it's and like mean. the, um, I was watching a, uh, a bunch of network over the weekend, and like, it is amazing how straight they play that movie. Like, it's ludicrous things happen in network, but ever, but it's played like it's an actual, like, a, a drama. Like, an, this is a drama. And this is very serious. And then these fucking idiotic things happen and like everyone reacts to them dramatically and that makes it 20 times funnier. Like it's the, it's the, it's the choice to play it straight that it's like the movie is its own straight man. And that's, that's what I, that's what I really love about it. But yeah, but please continue. So he gets his, his, not his brother out of uh, the hospital. Not his brother out of the hospital who is completely drugged up Mm -hmm. or completely, you know, whatever. He's pretty much unconscious. He's wheeling him around in a wheelchair. Mm Mm-hmm. He gets he, he gets him on uh, some bus to try to get him right. out of there. Right. <laughs> like and, it's this whole thing. He's like, no, I got an extra stop, and like it's just okay. he's lying to the bus driver. He's lying to everyone. I have to say, oh when God. he went into the room to take him out of the hospital room, his brother, uh-huh. yeah. I was. It just seemed to me like, wow, that is so much work. Yeah. Like trying to break his cuffs off the hospital bed, <laughs> right, and. Like cover him up and oh then boy. wheel him out. I was like, "Wow, that's yeah. a lot of work." That's a lot of work. A lot of work. Okay. A lot of work. So he's now he's now he's he's out and then he's like trying to. I'm trying to remember exactly what's this going on because there's up, a lot of shit goes this on. Is in this is how he ends up at the house with so, the so then he, little girl. So, oh, <laughs> right. So so he recognizes someone from the bus. Mm-hmm. Goes back to their house. Right. Uh, and said because he saw where that person got dropped off, right? right. Which is a she's like a Caribbean woman. Of right. some, I Jamaican. think she's like from she's Jama- Jamaican. She's Jamaican. No, she's not Jamaican. I think she's Haitian, right? Because she's, she's French, Haitian, yes. right? Right. So she's Haitian, Haitian black woman, and uh, uh, he he makes some excuse to get in her house. I forgot what excuse. Yeah, he just he just fucking lies his way through. But she lost like, the keys to the yeah, house, and she's yeah, like, yeah. he's trying to make a phone call or yeah, something. Yeah, and I just need uh, to be here for a, for a couple hours. He's just, like, he's just a bullshitter. Like, right. he just bullshits his way. And yeah. so his brother, I think, is still unconscious, or right. the, not his brother, as it turns out, yes. still unconscious. <laughs> and so he 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 gets in there, and whole shit goes down, and he meets this young girl who I think is. 15? Yeah, let's let's char- charitably say fifteen. Okay, 
Right. Like who's, she's like, she's like a, and it's like two o'clock in the morning yeah. and she's still awake and watching TV or right. whatever. Her boyfriend's a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Right. Her boyfriend is a drug dealer. Right. Right. It's just all bad. Yeah. Situation. Nothing, nothing good. Nothing and good. Nothing good comes of any of this. And somehow I'm trying to remember. The, the, he ends up watching TV with her and hanging out as he's trying to basically rip off the house. <laughs> but, but like any, any new angle that he can. Right. He's trying to get money or yeah, something right. out of it. And like, and he's going to like, I forgot what, leave the, like he had like, he just wants to get his brother. I forgot even what he's talking about at this point. It's all such nonsense. Mm-hmm. Right. But basically he still thinks that this is his brother and he has, he's trying to formulate a new plan to get them out of there, but they, but he needs the money now and he needs to get the brother to safety and blah, blah, blah. Right. And so he's hanging on to try and see if there's some way to scam the woman who owns the house. And right. it's just nonsense. Right. Right. And instead he ends up watching, just hanging out and watching TV with this 15 year old girl mm-hmm. and making out with her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Bad. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> like, this is, it was the most, it was so, it's like, this is how his mind operates. Like, it's just like. Well, and he started making out with her because he saw his picture. Right. Of himself oh, right. in right. the news story. Because yeah, yeah. there's a, a robbed In order bank. to distract her, he starts making out with her. Right. This is, That's what it was. This is the level of decision making that Robert Pattinson has in this right. movie. And like, so it's upsetting. It's ridiculous. <laughs> And, right, and it's literally the worst idea he could have. Right, period. Right, right. Uh, then he discovers that the brother is not because the guy his wakes up. Right, tears the bandages off his face. Right. His face is all messed up from whatever fight he got into. Right, this other guy. Turns out it's not his brother. Right, it's some other junkie. Right, who basically is drug dealer junkie guy. Right, and got into a fight or whatever. Ended up in jail. Right. Uh, and dealing acid. Yeah. That's the other big thing. Right. Dealing acid. And the acid becomes the, the, the MacGuffin that a, drags you through the rest of the movie. Right. Uh, acid is a, a big part of the rest of the movie. Right. So, but the, the bit with the, the bit with the girl is, is the, is the most sort of like, she is the most interesting part of the movie. And she, and she's fantastic. And she's, she's very and good. it's also really, it's a, it's the, it's the one sort of complete story you get with a character and him where you understand, um, why, uh, like the why of everything that happens in his life, because like you have his, like he manages to, because he's like a likable personality, right? Like he manages to create like this relationship, like friendly relationship with this girl in just a few minutes. It's Buffalo 66, It's Buffalo 66. Right. And where you're just like, this is like, this is the sort of narcissistic, um, charming quality that he has. That uh, sort of let, gets her to lower her guard. She starts to sort of care about him very, in, in a very realistic way, mm-hmm. very very quickly. He basically, you know, he uh, plays into like where her mind is going just to distract her, and then just leaves. Right? Like so, it's just like this is what he does with literally everybody. It doesn't matter whether she's a 15 year old girl or right. Jennifer Jason Lee, who's like 50 years old. Right. He's just, he literally, he is a charming person who uses people and throws them away within about a minute and a half. So I don't, I lost track at this point in the movie. Oh yeah. Because I mean, at some point ridiculous. they leave the house right. with a stolen car from the woman. Right. 
And like the the yeah stolen car like so he gets the girl to get get the car keys so he's with the girl he's with right. the guy who's not his brother right there's the story about the acid uh like he's going to get a hold of the acid so he can try to sell the acid oh, to get right. the money that's right he wants to get the acid and get enough money right. to do it right. now the thing about acid right you know the drug mm-hmm. right it's one drop on a postage stamp is a hit of acid right right he's got a sprite, sprite bo- bottle. <laughs> Full of this liquid, which is probably worth thousands of yeah, dollars, yeah, right? Yeah, it's insane. So he's got like this cr- stupid like Sprite bottle right? just hanging on to it like it's Sprite. Right. But it's filled with acid, <laughs> right? It's, and his plan is he's going to sell this stuff. Right. To yeah. some someone. Right. To get enough money to for him and his brother to get out of town. Right. Or whatever. And he gets the whole story from the guy who's not his brother. Right. Right. And the guy who's not his brother tells a long story yep. about his chain of idiotic decisions. Right. <laughs> He's made a lot of stupid choices <laughs> that ended up him so in a hospital bed. Within within Good Time, you get a guy basically telling you the plot of his own Good Time movie. Right. And Robert Pattinson's like, that dude's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. He, he, it's like it's like a town of people making bad decisions. It's, it's, like, Welcome it's to so, bad decisions. It's so ridiculous. Population. It's amazing. It's do you remember? Amazing. Do you remember that commer- There was a SNL commercial called Bad Idea Jeans. Do you bad Idea Jeans. Yeah. So I think <laughs> I, <laughs> when's the next time I'll be in Haiti? I don't need to wear a condom. <laughs> bad idea. It's like, yeah. it's like listen, he, he needed a place to stay for a while. Plus, you know, there's a methadone clinic right next by <laughs> next door. <laughs> It's amazing. It's bad idea, James. The film, <laughs> yes, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely true. Because I mean, like, you like, and the movie gets away, like, and it shows because I'm, I love Robert Pattinson. I think he's an amazing actor, and he has come so far from his Twilight days into like Cosmopolis with uh, 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 David Cronenberg and the upcoming The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe. Oh, that's going to be good. Which fucking looks incredible, incredible, right? Um, but this movie, to me, it's he is so. Uh, even when he's playing a lousy, almost pedophilic, drug-dealing, horrible bank-robbing person, there's something he's about him. He's bad at being a bad guy. He's bad at being a bad guy. He's a, playing a total arrogant fucking moron, and you're still like, I kind of like him. <laughs> like, he still kind of gets you a little bit. That's and Buffalo 66. That's Buffalo 66. I love it's, shifter cars. It's 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 amazing how... Uh, Without Pattinson, this movie doesn't work at all. Like, there's no movie at all. It is, it is, uh, it is basically like let's see how far we can push the audience against Robert Pattinson and still have his Pattinsonness win. And because it's astonishing to me, he's he's so he's such a driving, likable, brilliant actor, and that I that I like it, it like as ridiculous as it gets, it only got funnier and funnier to me. But by, by the time the end of the movie comes around. Like I was laughing out loud constantly at what was happening. Okay, and like the the I just think it took itself too seriously. I wish I want if if you replace the soundtrack with that is how I saw this movie yeah. for sure. That's exactly how I took this movie because I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, it's it's basically like Larry David, you know, Kirby enthusiasm. Like the movie takes itself it's as seriously as he takes himself and it's up to I guess it just leaves it in the audience's lap to go like 
you are ridiculous. You're simply ridiculous. Right. And so like by the time you go, and like, I think Eric, you rightly pointed out, like when the movie ends up in the fun house, like that's when it's like tipping its hand. It's like, this movie is a fun house. This is just ridiculous. And like, well, he, it's, uh, like he is the thing a, that was like, to me, it was like, okay, this is ridiculous. It's, Okay, so the, so so somehow Ham and a drug dealer are looking for what are they looking for? The, the, the oh, the acid, the acid, yeah, the acid, because it's so hidden the acid is the, hidden somehow in the in the in you know one of those because the story is this is how I lost the the bottle of acid and it's right. in one of the no 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 no, no, no. He, this is how I we had money with us oh yeah so right. we threw the money aside but during looking for the money they found the, <laughs> bottle, right. of they found the bottle of acid so he just said right. screw it let's just um. That's what it is. Right. So, so, but, so they're literally in one of those little fun house horror rides where the little train And this car, is the shitty kind of play. I mean, like, this is really like, cheap. This is really, really cheap. Cheap, cheap fun house. Right. And so they're running around, but then there's a security guard who's like, I see you guys in there. I know you're in there. And he's looking around for this guy, mm-hmm. right? At which point they tackle the, the security guard, right? put him in the ground. Remember I said, one drop of acid on a stamp is what will get you high. Right. At which point they make the guy gulp <laughs> like large amounts swallows of acid. Swallows yeah. Yeah. like yeah, that, yeah. that killed him. That, that would, would that probably, would kill that anyone. Probably killed that guy. That, that guy is probably dead. Right. Yeah. But no. Or, or in or in a uh, in coma. a coma for the in rest a, of his life. Right. Right. But no. More than likely that. That didn't happen. Somehow the guy just goes insane and like you see him go, you know, whatever. Like I like my, my bet is that that it is not actually a bottle of acid. It's like there's a little bit of acid. In well, a they bunch do of say it's diluted. Yeah. Like I think I think I don't think it's like. Oh, OK. Yeah. It's diluted. Yeah. He said, oh, it's not going to be like, <laughs> like the last time they're all diluted. Yeah. I think, I think that it's like it's like the guy's talking it up much bigger than it is. I think it is what it is. But I think that he is like I, th- I think I think it's just like it's it's. It's a MacGuffin in his own life. He's just like trying to talk it up as if All it's right. worth a lot more than it so is. So where does it go? Where does it go from here, Eric? Where does it go from here? Is from one, the fun house, yeah. From the fun house, the security guard who is Somalian mm-hmm. um, confronts them. Oh, was he the guy? Was he the uh, the the security guard? Was he? Yeah, was he's in, in uh, Captain, Captain Phillips. Phillips yeah. yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Great, great actor. I love yeah, that guy. really good. Anyway, keep going. So then he basically from there. They beat the crap out of him because mm-hmm. he had called the cops. Right. And once he called the cops, the cops came. So Robert Pattinson, um, basically Patterson, Pattinson, Pattinson, basically uh, puts on his outfit mm-hmm. and uh, pretends that he is the criminal that was here right. at the fun house. Right. Right. Cops come and he, you know, hangs with them. They also get the girl who is in the car faithfully, like the Christina right. Ricci character. Yeah, and she's just hanging out and like hoping that. He's going to come back. And this is like this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Buffalo 66, uh, Vincent Gallo is the Robert Pattinson role. And like uh, Christina Ricci falls for him, even though he's basically a totally unlikable person. And in that movie, it's a redemptive arc. In this movie, it's like you just feel bad for the girl. You're just like. Yeah. So she gets taken away. Yeah. Because she's. Like she honestly likes this guy because she's been swindled by him emotionally. Right. And that's the end of her story. And so she she gets taken away because she's sixteen and in the middle of nowhere, right? At three o'clock in the morning. And, the, and this dude just from her point of view, this dude came out of nowhere right. and goes away into nowhere, right? And just lit up her life in this totally shocking emotional way, right? And then that's it. Yep. You know, and it's like, and that's the sort of like 
bad actor he is. It's not that he's a fucking crazy person or that he does drugs. It's that he actually doesn't care about anybody but himself literally at all. Like he has no, he has no intention of following through emotionally with anybody outside of himself. Right. And like, and you do, you're right. You don't know why he does it. Right. There's no sense or rhyme or reason, not just his bad decisions, but there's nothing he's building towards. It's just kind of like, yeah. he's just acting on the, on the thing that is happening in front of him with no, con- like he doesn't remember the context that got him there, which is him, you know, like he's like, you can imagine his entire life, like for the past, you know, 15 years has been, this movie essentially like this infinite chain of excuses and blaming and nonsense that's led him to where, where he's at, you know? And it's like the, uh, uh, and, and like, you're just catching the last, last the, the, la- yeah. the last little bit of it, you know? And it's just like, it's just added up to this. But that's, but, but like Buffalo 66, you really like Vincent Gallo. Why mm-hmm. are you, why, I, I still, there was something about him that I rooted for. Gallo. Not rooted, no. Uh, oh, Pattinson. Yeah, like, yeah same I still here. I followed the journey. Yeah. Like, wow, no, that's not totally, a great idea, but... Like, there's something innate, innately likable about him. And the thing is, because I guess for me, it's like I was like the 16-year-old girl. But it's just like, uh, there's something fascinating about this dude. It's almost... I, I can't put my finger on it at all. I'm just like, there's something really intense and compelling about him that makes me want to like him, even though there's no evidence for any and reason you know to why? like him. why? Is because the love that he showed his brother. And that's the convincing bit. Exactly. That's why that's they the showed it in the very bit. beginning. Yeah. You needed the doctor to say, exactly well, right. you have all these problems in the world. Yeah. And so once you get established, oh, okay, this guy's a little slow. This is guy, right. Chris Nichols. And um, <laughs> that's not a negative, Chris. <laughs> no, it's very charming. Some people are in fast. Most, in some most people cases, are slow. It's very, not very, a negative. No, that's right. It's that's not right. a negative. It's not a big deal. No, minus. come on. Um, <laughs> that was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. Um but when you oh. and I rob the place later, we we wear cool masks. It's gonna be I great. Didn't say a thing. <laughs> you gave me a disappointment. I look. am like slow you. because I didn't like this movie. No, you're beautiful. Because you're you beautiful. Like but the thing is, <laughs> you get a sense of um, there's a love for his brother there right. that you absolutely and because the brother is slow. No, I didn't get a sense of that because I don't know what the fuck his brother is and what there's no there's okay, no so that, development that's, that's the key thing that's like, the, I, the key I, is it that I, I want something to ground I, me before right. so, I start this journey right so the, the doctor no that's the thing, the thing, the thing they, that, they, like they, they gave you basically two minutes at the beginning an interview with a with a psychiatrist right. to establish that story right it's not enough so okay that's, they that's established the, key the sympathy then. right the doctors and the woman at the end it's capped. Right. That is the systems yeah. of the medical system. That is the sympathy. Right. Because you started with a doctor who was like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to answer that question. Right. Right. It's fine. I right. care. Then at the end, the woman's like, come on, dance with us and right. walk across the room. Right. And he does. Right. And those are the only people that show the, the system. And, and there's a real, there's, and there's a gentleness and a beauty to it that was like, it, that's incredibly kind. Right. And like the, and so yeah, I think this is like where, where I, I was hooked. Uh, the same way Eric is describing uh, and what, what didn't work for you is the interview with the doctor. Like I felt, I've, I felt for the brother very strongly, very quickly. And like, but and, there's not enough. Oh, I understand. I mean, well, that's just, I mean, there is only that, like, let's say that the, the, the old, that is the only element of it. And the rest of the movie is essentially a big joke. And it's the, it's the emo, the emotional core is that one sequence. And if that doesn't work for you, then I can see why the movie doesn't 
work. Um, but the, that is the, I was in with the brother and then as Eric describes, like the, 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 the book ending of the, with the brother, uh, on both ends of the movie is the, is what sealed the deal for the movie with me. And so like, just to sum up on the rest of the film, he, um, he leaves the girl in the dust, never see her again. Um, and then the, the rest of it is like, we're going to go to the, uh, this drug dealers, uh, house and sell him the acid right right and long story short this goes very badly uh that ends up with uh him on the outside of a very tall apartment building right um with the other guy not his brother right <laughs> also on the outside of the apartment building, building well. trying to escape the violence of the drug dealer that they were going to try to sell the acid to right uh and the guy who's not his brother falls off the building and dies. Well, that's because the cops are there. <laughs> the cops are there. Yeah, right. the cops break in. I'm sorry. The cops break in. And Robert Pattinson is still going after the bottle of acid and is caught by the cops. That, yeah. That's that's basically what happens. It's an incredibly tense scene and that fall really – I was – I have, It's very tough. It's very, very – yeah. Um, he's captured and then we are left with Pattinson goes to jail and uh, his brother – goes to a but you don't know that he goes to jail you just see him in the back of the car you see him, yeah exactly well, that's it right. that's it that's the end of his story right and then he drove and, him to the ground and, and his brother it. goes to a mental institution exactly and there's a scene at the end where you see him being cared for with other people with other difficulties right and uh, you know and uh, there's a sort of a teacher in a class essentially that's walking through the steps of a Doing a game that's helping game. them sort through their emotional problems. Exactly, and uh, and at the end of the, uh, the ending, that ending made me feel very happy for the brother. Yeah. I was like, I, I, absolutely, because he's insecure, right? But then he's participating, and he felt like he could communicate. Yes, and like so, it was like this is a good way to communicate my emotions, right? Like by dancing them, like. Cross the room and dance if you've exactly. ever been let down by a family member. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And cross the and room and dance if you've ever been involved in a robbery where the, the action tea pack explodes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, it feels like, uh, like everybody got what they needed in the movie. Robert Pattinson ends up exactly where he needs to end up. Right. Like, Even the doctor says that. Yeah. I mean, like, he's this is, where he should be. He's where he should be. Like, this, this guy's a fucking mess, you know? And, like, the only hope he has Ugh. is to... The is system. To, is the system. So the system makes you happy. Yep. The system has a place. Yep. So it's a pro-bureaucratic system mm -hmm. movie where yep. the kid, the one, the slow one, is basically the system will take care of him, yep, exactly. and the other system will take care of his brother. Yeah, and for, and for the for the betterment of literally everybody, because like having Robert Pattinson out in the world is a fucking disaster. <laughs> like it's a horrible disaster. The guy's a mess, uh, and maybe there's a chance that he will get better. And so like it has this weird happy ending quality to it, even though like it's an utter failure for the hero you've been following. And it's like that's the that's the sort of the the weird joy of the movie is like it's like you're following the guy the guy you're following is both the hero and villain of his own existence and then in the end it's good that he's caught because maybe he'll not be like this in the future and certainly it's good for his brother because his brother so I'll tell happier. you this I'll tell you this mm -hmm. I did I still don't like the movie <laughs> right but I 
I already knew this going into this because <laughs> this is one of the major reasons why I've always wanted to do this podcast with you guys is that I know that discussing it would be very entertaining. <laughs> I would make me yeah, right. like it's an enjoyable the, movie to talk about. It's sure. enjoyable, yeah. movie, but yeah. watching it was not enjoyable right. to me. I'm 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 willing to bet that the next time, if you see this movie again, you will enjoy it. More. I'm just gonna have you know the. Did Caribbean, your kids like it? No. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is such an Eric say. Uh, yes, I have been making watching inappropriate things with my kids. <laughs> what they, exactly. What did they think of Lenny? <laughs> that must have been something. Yeah. Oh, man. Lenny. But, yeah. Oh, my God. I loved Lenny. Yeah, Lenny's pretty great. But, I've seen that movie before. Yeah. But it's been uh, so long ago. Actually, I think I watched it when I was inappropriate for my age. Yeah, no, I think that, that happened to me as well. And uh, like watching it. Because I was, like, I was watching it, you know, you, here's the thing. Here's the scene. Remember we were talking about like – you were talking about uh, Eric when we you saw Outland and you said, that's the movie with the golf thing. <laughs> right. Remember what I'm talking yes. about? Yeah. Right? So I had the same thing. When I, saw, I was like, I've seen this movie. Right. Which is the scene where he takes the pasty and licks it. It's like a stamp and he puts it on her, on her nipple. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, goes, yeah, it's yeah. like a stamp. It's like – I've seen this movie. <laughs> like somehow – It was burned into my brain. Yeah. Somehow I remember him licking a pasty on her right, nipple. Right, right, Was right. like – did did because – but I, to me, I thought it was uh, uh, All That Jazz. Did he do the same thing in All That Jazz? I don't remember it in All That Jazz. I, remember, I don't remember yeah. that, yeah. Because it's like I said, it's like, wait a minute. Because I remember all, I've seen All That Jazz at a very young age, which yeah, is right. strange. So, yeah. Back to back in a double feature my, of my, movies. With my parents. Right. Like my parents watched it yeah, with that's me. Not, that's not a super child appropriate movie. No. <laughs> nope. It's got a lot. It's an awful lot of shider for a child. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, – yeah, no, both, both – um, I would say like um, uh, all that oh, – all that jazz, rather uh, – uh, Lenny. Lenny is a movie that uh, I had seen it a few times um, – like since I first saw it, I've seen it probably two times, and uh, and this is my third time. Mm-hmm. And but this time, for some reason, there had been a, like a fair amount of distance between. I, I have probably mm-hmm. seen it maybe fifteen years or something like this. I was really aware that like when I saw this when I was young, which may have been way too young, like it really made sort of a, a it really burned into my mind morally some ideas. Like, what were those like ideas? The the this, the free speech argument and oh yeah, like, yeah. It's like the argument of the movie in terms of um uh in terms of that it was it really baked into my head early yeah. on and it's and I'm it's like, also this is about a, hypocrisy yeah and it's right. like this is this is a, I didn't realize it's like when I would talk about um, Witness right when I talked about like the little boy and the gun from Witness yeah like it's it's just sort of like these weird this to weird, shoot the bad yeah I would only kill the bad men you know and like these weird sequences that like clicked into my young mind and bit was were the basis of the way that I think about things now. And sure. I, I I had forgotten that Lenny was was uh was sort of important to me in that way and I I hadn't seen it in so long it was it was nice to reappreciate that. But um, yeah. to uh to quickly sum up on good time I would like to say that uh this is the I I I really do love this movie. I really I'm really interested in these guys movies. Um this is definitely an example of the kind of uh super intense go get them inventive filmmaking 
flaws and all that I complain there isn't enough of. Yes. And so I, I, I think that like the, the, it's a movie that you may not enjoy uh, ultimately or you like may be frustrated with. Uh, no, like I want to see Ron Howard do the version of this. <laughs> it is exactly. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is a beautifully anti-Ron Howard. Uh, God bless Ron Howard who I actually like a lot of his films. Didn't he do – what was the movie he did with, uh, with uh, oh my god, Mel, Mel uh, Gibson? About the oh, bank. ransom, ransom, ransom. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, like 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 this 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 mad. It's ransom. Like yeah, there's a lot right. of ransom right. in this. Yeah, yeah, sure, exactly. I mean, the thing is, like, like Ron Howard is the is emblematic to me of extreme, like high polished studio work, and like he, del- oh, yeah. he delivers the goods. He's good at what he does. That's why I made that right. Joke. And it's yeah. and it's totally great. Um, but like th- that's become literally everything that comes out of Hollywood has that same ultra smoothness now because it's safe and it's it's very it's a very it's a safe bet you know and these guys are definitely making movies that they're they are unafraid to risk your uh enjoyment like they're just like we're gonna fucking go for it and we don't care and i really i really admire that i, I recommend people seeing it even if they don't end up liking it i think it's it's a valuable movie to what see. if they made two versions of this movie with two different soundtracks to give it completely different flares oh do, I, I agree with you dark side of the moon yeah it's true like I, if you were to put out like the i would say like go with instead of the um the uh, the, the snare kit like uh, <laughs> go, go with the uh the canned 50s laugh track like that just laughs a little bit off. Yes. <laughs> like like that that would make this movie play flawlessly. <laughs> like like just, every... I actually feel like I want to rip off this movie and just like put a laugh track in. Oh, it. really? Do you remember? Um, speaking of uh, upsetting movies, do you ever see uh, Natural Born Killers? Yeah. Yes. Um, there's a great sequence in Natural Born Killers where it's like the sitcom version of. Um, uh, of her young life, and it's like uh, Rodney Dangerfield plays the dad. That's right, and it has a laugh track on it. Um, the whole yes. sequence has a laugh track on it. God, it's if, been forever since it's, it's, been it's the most brilliant part of the film for me. Right. And it's just like they, uh, like they're they have a laugh track that's just playing sort of randomly, that's disconnected to what's being si- to what's being said. Sorry, and they bleep out all the swears. But then the bleeping gets a little slippery. Like it, it bleeps over the wrong word and then you hear part of the swear. Right. And it's like that's the kind of treatment Good Time deserves. It needs the Natural Born Killers sitcom Good Time. If, there, if there's some After Effects people out there in the audience, if we put together just a clip of that from Good Time and, uh, and send it to us, we'll put it up on the site. You know what's funny? <laughs> it's my kids who have been watching inappropriate things with us. Mm-hmm, it's true. They, I think I think really? they were watching The Office, mm-hmm. the the American the American version is not inappropriate though. No, it? it's no, it's adorable. It's they adorable. they at one point they like what the beep yeah. right? Although they've been watching it with closed captions, and it says <laughs> "What the fuck." <laughs> Really? <laughs> yes, That's yes. Awesome. The closed captions That's write awesome. out the words, That's and Brady amazing. was like. What? what? What is the point? They of wrote that? it down. <laughs> that is the point of What's that. What's the point? Oh my god, it's brilliant. Yeah, God, I didn't even think about that. Like I would have thought that it would have been sort of shown up as a bunch of asterisks or something like that. Nope. This. They don't that's genius. They just god. wrote it down. Never change Netflix. Never change. Oh. That's amazing. That's amazing. The the uh the uh amazing uh I have to tell you one more Brady story because oh, yeah. it happened like yesterday. Um uh, so uh Kristen, who is uh, in her office and she's Great. She's, uh, you know, runs a lot of stuff. She's getting actually more involved in my CG Garage podcast. She's helping with a lot of scheduling cool. and she's actually doing intros and stuff. Nice. She's a very 
energetic person, mm-hmm. right? And she's great and she's just a go-getter and I, I, I love her for it and she's she's really cool. And I was joking around because I marathon watching The Office at, at, at home and I was saying, you know, Aaron, who's the character in The Office, who's also in Kimmy Schmidt, right? She's yeah, the main right. character of Kimmy yeah. Schmidt. Very funny character, but she's like energetic, go-getter, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I said – I said, you know, it's funny. Like the Aaron character from The Office reminds me a lot of Kristen. Like there's a lot of Kristen in right. Aaron. And Bradley's like, how? Does she date everyone in The Office? <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> nice, Brady. Nice. <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's not it. All <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Sometimes too wise beyond his ears. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> how old is he now? Ten? He's turning 10 in December. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Although if you listen to the War of the World podcast, you'd think he was, he was 20. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Smart, he's, smart lad. He's, a, smart he's lad. a character. Yep. yep. That's, uh, that's something. He's well, hard. He's, he's, he's a challenge. But when he's in his good moods, he's – When he's in the zone. He's in the zone yeah. and it's funny. When, yeah. he, when he's got his, uh, his uncensored um, um, uh, uh, words on the screen watching, uh, <laughs> watching the censored office. <laughs> That's it. Uncensored subtitles on a censored show. That's fantastic. <laughs> right? That's, that's so good. <laughs> he's like – <laughs> it's almost like he said, "What the fuck?" Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> right. Anyway, all right. So, so anyway, bad, deci- bad, bad decisions made all along the way. Mm-hmm. Film right. number two is, uh, speaking of The Office, is made like a docudrama. Yes, and uh, and there have been mo- there are movies before this that have uh, uh, that like. <sighs> That have the kind of flavor that this has, like uh, jo- uh, John Cassavetes' movies feel slightly like this. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, you know, and but and Cassavetes, like I love him anyway, but like uh, like it reminded me a little bit of like a slightly slightly more polished version of the photography in uh, Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's in color, and this is in black and white, but it's the same sort of very loose flavor. Um, but I don't know if anyone made a biopic with this particular structure which is much more common now right um and certainly not in such a loose uh sort of yeah uh, inter- like uh, deeply interconnected self-interconnected way as this right i was i was really really i was like holy shit this movie is like far ahead of its time it was really good yeah so there's three main people that are being interviewed mm-hmm. right we quickly we know this is the story of lenny bruce mm-hmm. right this is some story about lenny bruce three main people are being interviewed his wife, honey, mm-hmm. honey, yep. Valerie Perrin. His mother, mm-hmm. who's the actress? I don't remember who plays her. She's but yeah. really she's very good. good. And Valerie Perrin is fantastic. She's in this movie. really good. Yeah, she's incredible. The mother reminded me of oh my god, a, talk, a television show, uh, like in the Mary Tyler Moore show or something. Yeah. She no, she uh, what's what's the actress's name? The uh, she was in. Uh, She's Australian actress. She was in Dancing Queen. Uh, she's like famous. Meryl Streep. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Yeah, Doesn't she, she look yeah, like she, Tony Collette? Yeah, she does. Yeah. She no, does. the girl from Spider Man. Um, oh, Kristen Dunst. Yeah, a little bit of that. Okay, I can say that too. Kristen sure. Dunst. Yeah. yeah, Kristen Dunst. But yeah, Tony Collette. She just sold her house in Tony like, Collette. Yeah, to, uh, Tony Collette uh, <laughs> with a very sort of like very uh, high cheekbones. 
you know, long. I was face. like, I was swear it was Tony yeah. Collette, yeah. and she 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 acts like her. Yeah, like she's yeah, very good. The mother yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, and then his agent, right, right, right. Yeah, yep. So these are three people being interviewed, and they're asking questions about him, and they're going. Th- uh, so there's there's several things that happen. It's very interesting. There's the the, the there's the actual story that's happening that you see all the actual li- things that are happening in his life mm-hmm. being narrated by, by 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 this people being interviewed that mm-hmm. say what's that that interject and 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 follow along. Right. And on top of all of that is a performance. Is a performance right. by Lenny Bruce that's related to the conversation that shows where his comedy comes from. Right. Again, like Seinfeld, mm-hmm. where Seinfeld has a story at it's the beginning, opening monologue, opening monologue right. at the beginning of the show that's right. related to what you're about to right. say. Right, and, and like these things cross over each other and overlap everywhere. Constantly. In, in a completely, I mean, it's not that, that old a movie, but it's like in a very, very modern way. Like in, in a this movie. This is 1974. This is yeah. an old movie. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's very much a, uh, like, it, like people watch this now and it will play like a, Something that you're more used to, but to know that this came out in the '70s is like pretty shocking. Crazy, yeah, like that's, yeah. It's incredibly. This, this will this will look like a very avant-garde film today. Yeah, yeah, and yet it was done in 1974. Yeah, the structure is great. The intercutting right. is great. Think about this. This was two years before Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's incredibly modern movie. Incredibly modern. Very movie. modern film. And uh, and and, and such I'm a- just saying this as as an idea because it's Thunderbolt Lightfoot. Had its style of very seventies films. Yeah, it was right? a, a mix of like seventies and very classical, which Russians. I yeah, love. Exactly. We all yeah. love this. Well, time, but this film. does not feel like a seventies film. No. This this film feels like it was made for Netflix. Right? Yes, it feels yeah. like, a, like a very very modern uh, bit of work. And the photography and, and it's is all black and white. Great! Oh my god, the photography is beautiful in this right. thing. And it has and it's like, Dustin Hoffman. Right, and they, like the 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 photography played. is is a mix of like really gorgeous framed uh lock off work and very very loose documentary flavored work so like right. it's this like the little Maisel's brothers and a little bit of uh like it's just like it's just flawless so, all the way so marvelous miss maisel's oh. albert is, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, did, you knew him you knew albert maisel's well uh, go ahead it's a big admission that's amazing he's great well i didn't i still have fantastic on my phone but you know what i knew somebody that uh uh Edited for him, um, my friend's friend. But I actually was with Nancy uh, in 2005, and we were in New York visiting family and stuff. And we were at Barney's. Mm-hmm. We just walked by Barney's. We went to Beyond to get a sandwich. Walked across the street in Barney's on 59th and Madison. And I walked in there, and there was a Japanese lady, and she was selling jewelry. And she started talking to Nancy because my wife's Japanese, in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do you do? Well, I'm making short films now and I do visual effects. And she's like, oh, my friend's a filmmaker. Let me call him. So she called Albert Maisel. Oh, my And God, he dude. said, hey, why don't you come on over? So I went over – Nancy and I went over to his house at the Dakota. Man. It's the place where they I shot. Know where Dakota, yeah, yeah, where Lennon was shot. Right, mm-hmm. right. And when I walked through, it was very emotional. I was like, "Oh my god, this is where John was shot." Yep. And I had never been past those gates. You know, right. it's uh, Sting lives there, and John Madden lives there, mm-hmm. and uh, Yoko still lives there, uh-huh. and uh, 
that his apartment was used in Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, yeah, okay, another one. I know the the flavor of the building now, right? So he opened the door and he said, "Come on in." And I spent we spent four hours there. Big old high ceiling building, really, really beautiful. Telling building, stories, yeah. and then I used to work for these two brothers. Uh, uh, well, one of the brothers, but I art directed for him and did costumes, and he helped get me into the business. Mm-hmm. His brother did the Jinx, and. Capturing the Freedmans. Oh, yeah, And the yeah, producer yeah. that right. I used to work for doing music videos, mm-hmm. and I used to work for Melvin Van Peoples, oh, who yeah. was their friend. And that's how I met uh, – what's his name? Um, uh, uh, Bobby um, from uh, the Black Panther. Bobby uh, – Head of the Black Panthers in the '60s, Bobby Seale. Oh, Bobby Seale. Oh, Bobby Seale. I spent an afternoon. I, with met, I I went to a lecture with Bobby Seale. Yeah. Who was more interested in selling his barbecue sauce than he was in actually talking about his involvement? That's amazing. In Black I'm, Panthers. I, I, yeah, the, the Black Panthers. Yeah, I spent. I, I do love barbecue. He was an sauce, interesting guy. But still, yeah. But, um, Melvin was great. I loved working for Melvin, and he really we had great discussions and about film and his art mm-hmm. and um but the, that night at uh uh Albert's place uh basically he was talking cuz he just got back from Rome because he's friends with Wes Anderson and he shot the documentary on the making up for the oh, DVD. Oh, right, right, right. So he talked about that, but then he was he went to see a rough cut of capturing the Freedmen. Right, and I right. said, "Oh my god, I used to work for those guys." Right. And then that spiraled down cuz Capturing the Freedmans was – they actually made the movie mm-hmm. apparently and uh, – well, it's all right. It's been years. I could say it. But the point is they made the movie about the clown, the guy that did the, the – yeah. and then they did a screening apparently at the uh, Tribeca Film Center uh-huh. and then one of the family members is like, it's really great seeing this. For the longest time, we thought you were going to talk about the, you know, the other problem with dad, and they mm-hmm. they were like, "What other? Uh-huh. Problem? Oh no, oh the clown thing, right?" <laughs> and so they actually remade the movie. Oh man, that's yeah, crazy. You, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. The, well, no, it, it well it was a thing where they like they thought they're going to make a documentary about, about this, the yeah, clown right. guy, yeah. and then they're like, "Yeah, we thought you were going to do a documentary about." Yeah. Well, then, now we are. Now we are. <laughs> well, they did that. But the thing right. is, is that those guys, I remember when I worked for one of the brothers, they started 777 Film. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at their home in uh, Rye. And it was huge. It had its own gas station. Jeez. And it was a beautiful <laughs> estate. My apartment does not have its own gas <laughs> and, station. Um, There's a joke in there someplace. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but basically, they were like, hey, can we ask you a question? And I remember going to this huge dining room. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? I was doing uh, costume sketches mm-hmm. in one of the rooms. And uh, they're like, if you wanted to find out movie times, do you think you'd just call your, call on the phone and get the times? I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. Like, Hey, thanks. Yeah. Then I got up and left, and I was like, "What are they scheming?" And that's what they did, and they sold it to AOL oh. for about three eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah. I so that's know. where the money comes from. So, but welcome to Movie Phone. Yeah, but they were, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, they and the guy I worked for did a lot of the spots, early spots for them. Oh man, that's amazing, Dan. I, 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 I love, I love movie. movie phone was one of the best. We used and to call it movie phone just because Mark, it was hilarious. The guy, the producer for the Jinx, and he, I love working. Mark Smarling, I mm. love working for him. He was a fantastic guy. I think his father was head of Lowe's Cinema, president, and he had a beautiful place on 
Fifth Avenue overlooking the Met, right next to Bud. Looking right, at the Met. Damn. Nice. And he did a lot of music videos. He did a lot of the, um, uh, you know, the, the Fuji's stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they guys, I worked doing art directing for rap videos. like, And they did stuff like OPP, you know me, walking backwards oh, yeah. in the snow, yep. all that stuff. And um, yeah, so I did, but they were cool. But I don't know where we went down this road. Albert Maisel. Yeah. yeah. And it was okay. such a great evening. Robert, Robert Maisel is a movie fan. I email him yeah. every now and then. And he was the sweetest guy. If you would like to see Salesman, press one. He was great. <laughs> and he loved Nancy. And we just hung out. And he Maybe told like stories. To tell me like to see. Tell, about John and Yoko. I literally called him just to hear that John voice. John and Yoko. Oh, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Man, oh, I man. just want to point out that the journey with Eric – it's like the sketch of his life. <laughs> it's you really just go through this thing where we're like, we went on something and then there's this meandering journey of no, beautiful, beautiful sights walking, and sounds. We're, we're walking through it's a It's like walking Park. through an Ikea. Yeah, you keep walking around. And, and over here you see Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> and over here, John Cassavetes and yes. Lou Reed. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah. I was at the Dakota. <laughs> and then the Dakota. Dakota was, <laughs> it was such a beautiful place. Oh, and yeah. incre- if anyone has not seen Rosemary's My Baby, God see Rosemary's Baby. Lived, that place is lived, uh, Central Park South. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, right? I, like, like two two houses, uh, two apartments down from Columbus Circle, so we could look at the Dakota Pacific from. and Western Western Pacific Building was there on the corner. I worked in that building, the Western for uh, when we did reshoots for Smoke oh, or yeah. Blue in the Face, and the guys in the next space were in shared the office with were doing that MTV thing with the with the it was. Uh, what the fuck were they doing? They were doing the MTV show where- Oh, the real world? No, it was all cockroaches coming to life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Ed's, uh, Ed's apartment? Ed's apartment. Uh, we're doing Ed, Ed's apartment. Right. Ed's apartment. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those strange things because in those buildings, like when I work art department for, um, uh, I didn't get a credit for it, but I worked for Norman Greenwood who did Brazil. Mm-hmm. And I worked in the art department for um, Hackers. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Hackers I didn't get credit, is a modern I, classic, my friend. And That's I a took classic. Yeah, I took. I had all their storyboards, and I gave them to Dave Piedra when I worked at the Title House because he wanted to learn storyboarding. Oh, Dave, dude. if you're out there, you still have my bet. I hope you do because they were beautiful storyboards. <laughs> That's amazing. And right. uh, so to annotate that, everyone should see Hackers because it's hilariously beautiful. That was Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie, yeah, and uh, like and wildly and amazingly and accurate uh, internet action film uh and the girl that brilliant. worked in the office in the art department is kind of like the assistant to, to the production designer i remember distinctly stunning 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 woman girl my mm-hmm. age younger and her father was in uh he was the keyboardist for pink floyd oh my golly damn that's this and is, i was like this, totally out of my league this, that entire story needs about 16 pages of footnotes yeah but really, the point is, is she was totally out of my league she was Stunning yeah. English girl, and I was like, "Oh yeah, her father's Rick White." What is your league? <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it's not that it's, man. She was stunning. It's a, it's a bigger league than she, I think he lets on. No, no, no. But, she was really beautiful. But I also want to uh, uh, because I think you worked on uh, both of these. Uh, if people haven't seen Smoke and Blue in the Face, these are totally forgotten little indie films that are completely awesome. Like, I and love Paul these Oster movies. directed in, was involved in that and he yeah. was cool. Yeah. Oh man. What those are great movies. William Hurt, uh uh what's his name? Uh Forrest Whitaker uh That's right. Uh, and uh, Jared and Harris. Jared Harris. Forrest, 
and uh, Jim Jarmusch was Jim, in it. Yep. Lou Reed, yep. Madonna was in it. Yeah, incredible sort of New York cross section, sweet little movie. And the guy who I had lunch with a bunch of to- you know, the guy I told you, Nick, he was in King of New York with a bald oh, head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yeah. No, those, super those, nice yeah. guy. Yeah, I, I believe these. Were and on Gus screen, from but... Breaking Bad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, oh, Lisa, you mentioned that before. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, it was just this, you know, people having fun. We should do a podcast just on those two movies. I really, really, really love those movies. I just oh. love the business card. Yeah. Harvey Keitel, Smoke. Met great film, great film, and yes. blue, in the, blue in the face was like all the extra stuff. Oh, you know who else was it? Was the girl, and she was she was very attractive too. Um, I have Polaroids of those guys. Um, was um, the guy from? I can't. I'm Didn't you put together the, the 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 Polaroid book in the movie? Yeah, yeah, that's I did right. all that. But that's I just amazing. did the cat, the costuming because I would dip by the costume Central room, piece of the film, yeah. uh, the costume room, mm-hmm. and. And all the actresses were trying on stuff, and it was uh, um, what's that girl's name? Her father. It was very early her role, but her father was in Goodfellas, played Paulie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a um, um, uh, not I want to say Marissa Tomei, but she won the Oscar for Mighty Aphrodite. Yes, uh, but I can't think of her name. Uh, she's a very good actor, really, really talented actor, and uh, and uh, she quit acting because I believe of her uh, hatred of Harvey Weinstein. No. Yeah. Like she's, she was um, uh, treated poorly by him. And, and did she really you know, quit? I, I think, yeah, her career, I, I believe her career was torpedoed by him and she had no interest in, in uh, being a part of his, um, his dealings. That was, um, what is the guy's name that played Pauly? Sorvino. Mira Paul's Sorvino. Mira, Mira, Sorvino. Mira Sorvino is the one. And she is, she is a terrific actor. Terrific actor. And, and funny as hell. In my we need to get back to Lenny. Oh, Lenny. That's right. We're talking about a movie. Yeah, keep going. It's your films, Eric. Oh, you're going. all your side stories of all your celebrity name dropping. No, 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 Okay, that's name dropping. I'm just ADD and like, oh, wait a minute. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm sticking around for the Rosemary's Baby bit. That's the good stuff. But we talked about Albert Mazel and I was like, oh, yeah. Albert Mazel's man. And again, more footnotes to this conversation. Look up who Albert Mazel's We talked about Albert Mazel, I can tell you, 25 minutes ago. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's when we started. Well, this is very- he also did- This is the most educational part of the podcast. He did Gimme Shelter, which we talked about. Gimme Shelter. He did Salesman, which is one of the best- And he did Grey Gardens. Some of the best documentaries. None of which- or Lenny. Or Lenny. <laughs> but yes, go watch the many. Smoke blew in the face. Uh, now, why did we get on to Albert Maisel? Because um, how is he related because, to uh, Lenny? Uh, because the Lenny's, uh, f- the style of photography in Lenny is broken up into two different forms. One is the formal form, which is like film noir style lock-offs. Yes. And the uh, documentary format, which is very Albert Maisel's. There you go. That's the connective tissue. That's it. That was it. So okay. the look of the movie is uh, is spectacular. It's black and white. It's high contrast black and white. Very high and contrast. And it creates an incredible mood uh, and uh, unifying flavor for this yes. strangely edited film. Like really, really Str- nicely done. I don't, I don't know about strangely. Well, just like, like, like fabulously. Like, you know, fabu- I don't mean yeah, as a negative. I mean like What's that. Are we done? Oh, prosecco. Oh uh, no, no, of course not. Here you are. Keep going. Honor just to carry the bottle. Uh, no, like, uh, like it is. No, like for its time, must have been a fairly breakthrough kind, like a very original style of editing, cross cutting in the storytelling. Right. Uh, which was, which was for me. I was just like, oh shit, this is like, this is my, like way for a movie, time. And for a movie that's not really talked about anymore. Like nobody talks no. about Lenny. Yeah. No. And and uh, it's it's not it's not a common thing to bring up. It's just part of Hoffman's 
sort of backlog where you catch up and you're like, oh, yeah, I saw Lenny. Like, but like, it's a real, it seems like to me a very, very important movie in terms of movie making. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. Here's, I, here's my only gripe about it. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I do have a gripe about gripe it. Gripe away. Uh, is Hoffman is a fantastic actor, very convincing role that he does. Mm-hmm. But he's playing and he does his stand up. Yeah. He does Lenny Bruce's stand up. Uh, such a great scene where he just runs down the hallway. He, he's doing the stand-up to sell the story. Uh-huh. Right. But he's not as funny. Yeah, he's just not – it's like he's not a comedian. Like, like It's very it, clear. It, it works the, for the movie, Dan, Dennis, for the story. It works for the yeah. story. Right. But Dennis Hoffman is not a comedian, clearly. Yeah. In all of his, you know, method acting, whatever he's going to do. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. And, and, uh, and Yes, but yeah. the thing about um, Lenny Bruce's stuff, uh, work, and I always felt I, – there was a book by Albert Goldman uh, who did a book on Lennon, and it was on Lenny Bruce. Mm. And I remember I bought it uh, on a trip to Paris before – God, 2000. And the ball dropped. My wife years ago. and I went, right. and I I couldn't sleep, so I sat in the bathtub. I slept I s- pillows in the bathtub, and I read it in like two days. It's like seven hundred pages, <laughs> but there was such a frustration. Um, it was almost like he was wasn't losing his mind, but he, maybe he was mm-hmm. that he just had to be right, had to be right, right. had to be right, right. and he kind of ate away. And that humor. Um, what I got out of it, I thought his frustration and anger, mm-hmm. um, but putting a smile on it, see the underneath kind of anger right. came through so well. Yeah, no, I think that that uh, you know, Chris, right, Chris, right, like it's 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 more important to the story the way that this works than it is for it to be funny, and it's like it plays sure. more like when like when Carlin was uh, his his later stuff, like it just isn't funny. He's just mad. You know, he's got a right to be mad. He's got a lot of it's stuff to be mad funny. about. It's still funny. It's still funny. Yeah, yeah. It's well, the like, point, but the by the is, end, it was. It was kind I know. Of it's not like to don't don't right. It's even when he's preaching at you because right. that's what Colin was doing. Right. It was still funny. Right. right. When I l- listen to Bill Burr, he's preaching at you and he's saying stuff that's controversial, uh-huh. but it's still funny. Right. 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 And it, that's the part of it. It's like you feel awkward laughing at something that's uncomfortable well actually just, and lenny bruce was one of the main guys who did that right, right? and so and it's not fun it just doesn't it's just it doesn't not play as funny funny it's yeah, it, powerful it, it, it's right. powerful it, messaging it works on the important level but it it sort of fails as comedy and i think that's the one problem yeah, i had I with dustin hoffman in that because he does an amazing job uh, i was i forgot which podcast i was just listening to but they were talking about uh movie podcast i was listening to where they talk about um, ha- like people playing comedians on film are never funny, and they bring up like a punchline right. with, uh, with Tom Hanks right. and uh, and Sally Field, like right. where like you know they're both doing a good job acting, like the acting is great, but they're terrible com- they're just not comedians, like it's just not right. working, and uh, like same I- thing with comedians trying to be actors, like Seinfeld. Like, 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 no, but actually, comedians have a, a, a relatively decent track record of trying to be actors, like uh, Robin Williams, you know, uh, Steve, oh, sh- Steve Martin, okay. you know, um, but it's, but I, I think it goes to the fact that, like, you know, like, comedians, uh, like, it- go ahead. You go. I'm sorry, I interrupted him. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I think that comedians at their heart are generally storytellers and 
blend into being an actor much more readily than people who want to be funny. It but takes aren't. so much time, which is conveyed in this movie, mm-hmm. to be a good comedian. Yeah, you yeah. start off really shitty, yeah. as they show and in the movie, it and working it and working it, and working at, it. At how yeah. terrible right. Lenny Bruce's early. Like his act is awful, unwatchable, terrible, right? Right. Embarrassingly bad. You're going to say Eric, Steve Martin and and Robin Williams were lovable in a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were Mm -hmm. in terms of their stand up, and that transition you rooted for them or you understood that, even Mm -hmm. though you saw them as Robin Williams and Steve Martin, Mm -hmm. uh, when they're an angry based kind of comedian. It's hard to see them outside that peripheral. Yeah, it's hard to break out of that. It's hard to break out of that. And um, the other note that you just had, and I completely forgot. What did you just say? Because I had a note on that. Uh, Something about comedians not being – or Dustin Hoffman not being an actor. Or uh, comedians – I don't – It's all right. The last thing you said. But the point is it's – that is – there's an anger, like even like Seinfeld, there's a, uh, as great as a comedian doing the real, you know, trying to do, a, portray another character is mm-hmm. hard. Oh, it's Steve true. Martin is no different in terms of a comedic personality that's recognizable than mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Right. You know, but it's somehow you well, bought him. Well, and also like, I mean, I like uh, Steve Martin in his, like he, when he does serious stuff, I've liked him quite a bit. Yeah. You know, and like he has to like, I think that. Uh, Same with Robin Williams. And Robin Williams. And Adam Sandler is another one. Like Adam what Sandler's good stuff. What would be your favorite really Robin Williams movie? I know mine. Uh, you know, there's a movie just came to mind that uh, I can't. I'm going to bowl right down the middle. It's Good Will Hunting. Like, it's, he's terrific in that movie. He's terrific. Terrific, terrific movie, it's, and he's it, terrific. For me, it's a tie of Fisher King and Good Will Hunting. Oh, Fisher, Fisher King. King's that's the one, one I was thinking about. That's Fisher King. Yep. I was like, what the name? And, and that's directed by uh, Gilliam. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fisher King. Fantastic. Yeah. You said. Love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's, he is quite good. I haven't seen that what since. What about came Dead Poet Society? Oh, he's very good in that, that too. Good too. Yeah, he's very, very good in that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, like he's just like. But it's uh, that's that's the that's same director that's oh. the Harrison Ford one. Uh, yeah, oh, it's Peter Weir. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible. It's a little like around. I like I I I like um, like somehow the, the Fisher King was was weird enough that it was interesting. Mercedes Rule. Yeah. Mercedes oh, Rule is killer God, in that movie. So good. I forgot about. Oh my God, she's great. Oh, and then what's her name? Amanda Plummer plays his girlfriend. Plummer. Yeah, Amanda Plummer, uh, Jeff Bridges. That's uh, I can who, see that who's, movie. Who's the, who's the girl? Uh, Amanda uh, Plummer, Mercedes Rule. Amanda Plummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, he, and he does the song. And it's like, oh, oh, what's her, her name? Was Lydia, right? I think so. I, literally, oh, Lydia. Only, oh, I, Lydia I, oh, have you met Lydia? Yeah. Lydia, the tattoo. Because he sings her the song of the right, right, right. Which was also sung in, by the way in uh, uh, the black uh, and white uh, movie we saw, which is called uh, Philadelphia uh, Story. Philadelphia Story. There we go. Uh, the and I was going to throw in also. Uh, Good Morning Vietnam, which not only is he great in, yes. when I rewatch that, that movie is, that movie g- beyond holds up well. That's a great movie and possibly the best movie about Vietnam I've ever seen. Like, I was like, holy shit, this is a subtle, strange film. It's a very good film. Like, it's like, I've seen I remember it all the times. jokey bits, but I was just like, oh my God, this is like. Who directed that? That is uh, the same man who directed Rain Man. Um, whose name I'm that's slipping my mind for some reason Barry Levinson Barry Levinson there you go okay uh, and uh, yeah no that is a that's a really really like because I remember seeing it as a kid and I was like oh it's so funny and Rob Williams is like now I watch it and I'm like it's like this is this 
Oh, uh, I've seen it many oh, times. Oh, it's a it's a shows all the shades of gray in that it's in a, that scenario. It's a it's sad, really, and yeah, horrible it's film. Great, yeah. great film. Really underrated film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So like, comedians make making that transition um, works, but like actors wanting to be funny usually doesn't work. And like and the thing is, I mean, Hoffman's been funny. I mean, Hoffman's in the, my favorite comedy of all time, which is Tootsie. Right, and he's, he's killer. In I know he can't. So I was actually going to bring that up. It's like he can be funny, right? But he's not. But being a stand-up, stand-up it's a funny, different thing. Different thing. It's a different right? thing. So I'm not saying that he did a poor job of doing that because it serves the story really well. Yeah, right. He, he, he's a good actor in this. He's a good actor, but he's a, he's not a good stand-up comedian. Right. <laughs> I think yeah. that's fair. I think that's fair. I think, and it's okay if you're going to be weak in one area. That's not the it, right. Actually, doing good stand-up is not the, is not the heart of the movie. Right. Yeah. So it still plays. It still plays okay. It still plays okay. Let's give the 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 the, the theme around this film is mm-hmm. really about uh, uh, freedom of speech. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, and you know sort of the the restrictions around that time about what is considered obscene. Right. Right. And he was pushing that boundary constantly. Right. Right. So during the process of this thing, lots of personal things happen to him in his life. Mm-hmm. He meets this girl who's a stripper mm-hmm. called Honey, yep. who's very attractive. Yep. Completely attractive. Played by Valerie Perrin, who is uh, you probably know as Miss Tessmacher from Superman. Uh, right. She's yes. still alive? No. I don't know. I don't know. But she she's, is. She, she's, she is this is the best vi- thing she ever did. She was not nominated for an Academy Award for this movie. She I, was not. I, yeah, she was. Oh, she was. I can't remember if she won or not, but she's. Uh, but she is, she is, the best actor in this film for me. Like Hoffman's great. She really, really takes it home for me. Like yeah. she's she's the emotional connected connection. And she I need to make plays different levels of her life mm-hmm. very well, from young, insecure, and cutesy, right. and hot, and sexy, to tired and older. Okay. And frustrated, frustrated and having served some time. Served some time yeah. and, you know, going through drug phases yeah. and heroin through yep. all the process. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And especially the, the documentary interview stuff with her is so realistic. Like you would mistake it for actuality. Yeah. Like she is. That's where she really, you know, uh, uh, wins her nomination, man. It's like she's so she's so easily like in this part that could be such a blow-off role well like it's like, like yep. it's uh you know you could easily play this as the sort of like thankful again like, whatever character right like she adds an earthiness and a reality sincerity. and a sincerity to this movie yep. that that hoffman is uh hoffman carries the desperation really well mm-hmm. you know but he's uh you know, like you get only rare glimpses of him being a truly sympathetic person, right? You know, and uh, so you feel for him in terms of like how he is cornered, but you uh, you connect to him because of her, like because she cares for him. That's what makes it work. How and, different though was he from um, Pattison's role? Yeah, this is the connection that I felt as yeah, well. That's you know, the why I, th- like I brought the two up, right? Because like he's he is like they they don't shy away from making him pretty unlikable in this movie. Like he is he is a pretty selfish jerk a lot in this movie, um, and so you agree with what he is fighting for in a sort of a noble sense, but in reality, like he is like they just sort of sort of show that he's like he isn't initially doing this because he has you know like he's 
fighting a good fight. It's just that he's a pretty selfish person. And he gets himself into the he's – he's a selfish, angry person who gets himself into this corner and then has to fight his way out by taking a noble line. He corrupts line. everybody along the way. Yeah, exactly. Just like in Good Time. Good Time. Because, I mean, like he essentially – like, you know, he uh, – the scene when uh, he – like the corruption of Valerie Perrin uh, a sequence where she's into drugs and like and, mixed up with you know, all sorts of bad people and all this kind of stuff is really – it reveals Hoffman to be a, a pretty, you know – a narcissistic bad person yeah um and it really makes you feel for her like she is uh because she's at least bisexual and she's like he sort of goads her into um doing this three-way with him and another woman out of anger really out of anger right and it like for her it's exploring this thing that she that is actually part of her and for him he just uses it against her and it's like it's well, really, I really conf- cold. It was okay. Just just to explain the scene. Basically, this is you know halfway through the film. They're married mm-hmm. and they are partying a lot and experimenting right. and doing some drugs together. Right. They're and, hanging around with more band people because they're playing in strip clubs. They're and stuff playing like in strip this. clubs and stuff like so that. A lot more drugs. And L- yeah, sort of and so they experiment, living. and then he pressures her and goes, "I just and they're having pillow talk, right? right?" And he's like, "I just why don't you want to do it?" And it's right. like, well, why do you want me to do it? Why is it so important to you? And right. they're like, uh, and then they're like, they don't actually say what they're doing. And then they're like, no, but you know, don't you love me? I love you. Right. And then so what? And, blah, blah, blah. and so basically, you feel her being coerced into doing something that's against her, something deviant. Yeah. Well, the thing right? is, that, and the thing is that this is, and it's ultimately revealed, like it's because she. With a woman, Asian woman, uh, and uh, with a woman that he knew about, and that's why he's forcing her to do this. Right. So this is something that's actually uh, that that uh, that she is she is ashamed of, shouldn't be ashamed of, and he cruelly uses like tempts her into it, like lets her enjoy it, and then destroys her with it. Like it's a really mean, it's a incredibly cruel thing. And then she ends up a drug addict. And she ends up a drug addict. So like like he is like he's a bad guy, and so like the Robert Pattinson connection is pretty strong there. It's just like this guy is like he's just a fucking selfish asshole. Like he's mad and he wants to strike out of the world. You know he's pissed off that he, that he doesn't get his way, so he fucking forces other people to embarrass themselves. And uh, and like it's such a heartbreaker to watch her go through this because like once it gets revealed that. You know that she uh, had an affair with this other woman. Like you're like, oh, like the, it's like you rewatch the entire scene in your mind. This very sexy love scene, like that's both, like, but it's very like, but like la- sort of lavishly shot, but has no music or anything to it. So yeah. it's like, it's like, it, but it's, but it, that what's more interesting to me is. The, the other woman is there and she's like very sensual. Oh, it's, it's and an then, intense and then, and, scene. And, and then her expression is embarrassment. Oh, it's it's an incredible scene because like she's in she's doing it. You're, you're doing yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Eric's got the photo up. Like this scene is is both extremely uh, sexy right. and and brilliantly done. And it's and it splits the difference between being extremely erotic and really showing her. Uh, shame and guilt in it, yeah. and it's like it makes it both. It, like it's this split emotion of being like, like this is what she, this is really what she wants, 
and she's profoundly ashamed simultaneously. Right. And like there's no music to cue you feeling either way. And it like really lets it ride on the audience. And it's a it's a fantastic, fantastic scene. It's very it's like it, it involves you and upsets you simultaneously. Right. And it really makes you feel for her because like realistically, like this is what she needs in her life for real. Mm-hmm. You know, and like this very like like caring relationship with someone sexually that you want to be with and then she's with she you know like and then dustin hoffman basically just fucks her over with it and i was just like holy shit you know it's a testament to dustin hoffman that i got back on his side by the end of the movie after that sequence i was like wow what a jerk (laughs) like it's insanely bad um but a brilliant bit of work by fossey in terms of uh direction like your your emotions are all over the place in that thing it's incredible yeah and Especially interesting because he did sleep with the nurse. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's cheating on her anyway. He's cheating on her anyway, yeah. and she forgave him pretty. She she yeah. said, she's just, like, just admit that you did it, and then we'll move on. Right, right. Yeah, and, she's, and she, that's wa- all she did. If you watch Fosse Verd, Verdun, Verdun mm-hmm. you will see what kind of life Bob Fosse led. Yeah, interesting. Same thing. Yeah, I imagine. For me, I felt like this was a way to Clinton purify himself in a way or try to get there was something about the material that he was like this oh. is autobiography number one really yeah. it's before he makes all that jazz it's like this is my this is my first version of an autobiography and i'm not telling anybody yeah i think i think that's very like that's why he's attracted because i mean falsi was a very you know uh groundbreaking person in his own right and people were upset with the stuff that he did you know, and he was a, a huge womanizer and a huge, also a huge womanizer um, and did lots of bad stuff, you know, like, and I think that like his connection to the material, like really powers the movie, like really powers Lenny. Uh, and I think that Hoffman is like, I think that Hoffman's very, very good in this movie. I think that he's been much better in other movies, but he is doing great. He's doing very good work here. But really for me, it is, it's Valerie, Valerie, this is the Valerie, Valerie Perrin show for me. Like it's like, she, if we didn't have her, then the movie doesn't fly. Right. You know? And it's like, uh, who's, she, she's the heart and soul of everything that happens for me. And like, I care about her. So I care about him. And then by the end, he is actually fighting for something that he believes in and is terrified that he'll get fucked. And then I like him again. So it carries yeah. me through the hard stuff and into, uh, into liking him again. Yep. I mean, it's really, really nicely done. It's, it's, um, I mean, I don't know how much we really need to like go through the steps of this. Oh yeah, movie. it's a it's a biopic movie, so like biopic stuff happens, you know. Right. It's just like, you there's know. a lot of stuff about him getting arrested and and going to court, mm-hmm. which is an important part of Lenny Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but that like, drove him crazy. I mean, he was if you read that book or it was to the point where he was doing his own legal defense mm-hmm. and his whole. House was just filled with paper. Yeah, that yeah. was in the movie. Too. Yeah. Well, the the final shot. Spoiler alert: He died. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the final shot of his dead body is actually Lenny Bruce. Like, what, yeah. And uh, and his house is he's completely destroyed. I mean, I, I I agree with what the movie suggests. I was just like, yeah, he, he probably probably did himself in. Like, this is that. But was, you see, that use of Lenny Bruce real footage is like when all that jazz he showed the heart surgery. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's sort of like, and it's, and that shot itself is amazing. You know, it's like, it's a zoom back on that's on a still. And, uh, and the, like, it's, it's weird that it's poignant, but it's like, it starts out on his face and it's tilted away enough that it looks like Hoffman. It does. Know? And it's zooming out and zooming out and zooming out. And you realize that he's naked. And the last thing you see is his dick. 
And then that's the end of the movie. And I'm just like, that's sort of amazing that they're just like, like it sets it up in your mind. Like, are we really going to see this man totally naked? And then you do. And then that's the end of the movie. And I was just like, that's kind of the movie. I was like, like the, it's it's him. Well, it's it's showing, yeah. it's showing, especially for the time, right? Like seventy four, yes. yeah, seventy four. Like it's the like it creates this tension in your mind of like like halfway through that zoom, you're like, whoa, are we going to see his ding dong? Is that's going to going to happen? And then it keeps zooming out. It could see keeps zooming out, and then you do, and then so like the titillation is there for a second, and then you're like, oh wait, this is really sad, and then it fades out, and you're like. Fuck the movie! Just the entire movie happened. You know in a what it's related shot. to? Mm-hmm. It's actually there's a callback from from another part of the movie, mm-hmm. which is when he first started dating her, mm-hmm. and uh, sh- they had had sex, and she is covering herself under oh, the sheets. Oh, great scene! Another there's great a covering herself she- in sheets, which is a traditional thing to do in movies right. is to cover yourself right. after so sex. She's got the she's got the, she's the got sheets, the sheets under her armpit. She's yeah. her sheets under her armpits. Right. And she's talking to him, and he's like, "I can't believe hey, I'm with you." Yeah. Oh man, right. the scene, this scene is fantastic. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe I'm with you. This is the ma- the most amazing thing. You're like right. the angel, and she's like all like, "Oh." Yeah. And, and it looks like a Doris Day kind of like. Sequence, it's so right? sweet. And then he's like, he starts crimping the sheets. He, he's in his like, hands he's talking to her at her down. feet at the bu- at the at the foot of the bed, and just starts just grabbing at the sheets, and you just the sheets are just slowly 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 coming down coming down revealing her her nudity right 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 in full yeah i know i see it well it's a <laughs> eric's got the photo up just for yeah, reference eric yeah. eric has got the photo and, like, and she is hot she's beautiful she's incredibly and beautiful. she's but, like, very the scene itself very is, 1960s sexy yeah yeah like she is she's a she's a a, a uh like a a uh, full-bodied person, you know. She's right. like she's not like a she's skinny a, she, someone. Well, she looks like, Look like that a, shot. That's yeah. like yeah, she's uh, gorgeous. What's she's it gorgeous. called again? Um, the uh, Sid Vicious, Sid and Nancy. Yeah, Sid and Nancy. Sure, absolutely. absolutely. She looks like a, like a like a like well, a he's the like a uh, uh, what's uh, she looks like a br- uh, burlesque girl. Yeah, exactly. She is. And this like, shot is also Broadway. Danny Rose when they're at the Waldorf. Right. Yeah. This is a walking in from the backlit uh, yeah. opening of the building. Yeah. It's very very. It's gorgeous. Gorgeously shot movie. But yeah, the, like that scene. Like it's such a. Like, it's going to be hard to put us in this movie. Th- this uh, this movie is so. Look at like, there. Yeah. Like the, what's this is what's awesome is that this movie so, is. What's, what are you, what are you going for? I'm just. It's beautifully shot. Yeah. Like this. Uh, this movie is so. It's like so. Uh, it's such a sexualized movie a lot of the time, but it doesn't feel like, and even though it's essentially constantly teasing your mind with what are they going to show kind of stuff, uh-huh. like it doesn't feel cheap and like they make mm-hmm. this like a very, very rich sensual experience. So like the, and, and, and Perrin just carries it off incredibly well. Like it's like it, there's the, there's the titillation stuff, right? Which you're like, Oh man oh man what am i gonna see and then for then after that's over you go oh that's that's beautiful you know and it's like and it does it like three times right and i'm just like that's like it's so great to get like it, the movie essentially uh grows up like grows you up in sexuality as it goes you know and which is what he's doing essentially with his you know with with his primary storyline about uh what he like you know, there's the titillation of him saying all these naughty words but what he's actually saying is something real, you know? And so like the, the goofy strippiness of uh, the scene with the, the uh, bed sheet, like it starts off as like, you know, like titter, titter, titter. And then ends up being like, whoa, I just saw like, this is a real person. 
Yeah. You know, and it's and like and and that's the ending shot with him naked. It does the same thing. I'm just like that's, that's what, a, what I'm, a brilliant that's, brilliant that, that's what you're calling back. That's what I'm calling yeah, back. Yeah, like it's a really Surprise. brilliant uh it's a really brilliant point because I I think that that's why the movie works. It's like it it leads you in with the titillation when, and then pays it off with when the When he his uh 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 the way that he looks at her and mm-hmm. that early days of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Is vi- it comes off so genuine? He yeah. is just completely enamored by her, yeah. right. and she is just as enamored by him because he's going so over the top on everything, right? Right, right. and they're to- they're loving, they're having a great time, right? And that is really beautiful. Yeah, it's a really beautiful. And the other scene I really loved is when. Uh, she goes to meet his mother for the first time. Oh, it's fucking great, right? Yeah. So good. <sighs> so good. That's it. Like, it's so funny and, like, alive. Yeah. You know? It's like he's – And uh, he's just as crass and horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like – Chase the grandmother out. Chase the – like, he puts his – like, like he's like, oh, you got to tell this. You have to tell the story about when we first met. And she's like, yeah, you know, we um, we got married a half an hour after uh, – after I first met him, and I picked him up on the train, whatever it is, right? And he's just like, yeah, no, yeah, he, like he he uh, he showed me his, uh, uh, you know, showed like he showed me his pecker, showed me his pecker, right? And then he acts it out by putting his finger through his uh, fly and like right. wagging his finger around. And the whole setup is so like offensive and ridiculous. And but all the this mother, stuff. but, the, but mother, the mother is laughing her ass off right, because she was also a comedian. Right, right. And it's like it's, she worked the same kind of circuit. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and the way that the three of them are bonding over this like bunch of dumb, dirty jokes, right, is really likable. Like you, like they all feel right. like they're connecting in this very different way and a really honest way mm-hmm. over like I mean, very trashy dumb jokes mm-hmm. um but like she like she hugs valerie prince and it's like i really love and tells him i, I really love her I, I think she's really great i'm just like this is the moment when i was just like i hope i wish everything would work out like i think it's gonna go sure. this way but it goes it goes the other way i was i was really enamored of that uh, yeah. and and, the, and especially the mom like especially by the end with the mom i was like oh man the mom is so recognizable she's from a yeah, I can't quite pinpoint. I, I swear it's like, it's like Tony Collette. Like yeah. she totally yeah, looks like she Tony reminds Collette. me of somebody f- that was in the Mary Tyler Moore show or yeah. Flo. Yeah. Uh, Phyllis. Not, uh, Phyllis. Phyllis. Remember when she was a yeah. uh, Mel, T- uh, to- Mel Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. No, 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 no. In- uh, no. Vic Tabak was in a show about a diner. Oh, oh uh, Alice. Alice. Yes. Yeah. And so you're th- the one you're thinking of is oh she was she's great she's also in yeah because she plays. Kiss my grits. What's her name? Flo. Flo, and she is also great in something else. I just watched, but I can't remember what it was. Anyway, she's a good actor. Yeah, I like but her quite a bit. That woman who played his mom, I mm-hmm. got to look it up. Seemed like she was from those '70s sitcoms. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do I know her? Right, 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 right. It wasn't right. the Mary Tyler Moore show. Wasn't um, the spinoff one, Maud, Rhoda, Rhoda. That's Rhoda. it. Yeah. Yeah, but she's wreck. I was like, and Phyllis. Also, there was a spinoff for Phyllis. Can was there? Yeah, there was. Oh, and my, but I just remembered what else I saw flow in. She is Ned Beatty's secretary with Dustin Hoffman in that movie about the heist. No, uh, all the presidents men. When he tricks his way into Ned Beatty's office, and she's like, she's "Oh, wait like, a minute! Is she not in Five Easy Pieces? Is that her? Is that her? There, I, I might be her. There was." We got to look it up. Maybe she was in her five- name. Her name is. Um, this is the actor from Lenny. 
Yes. Okay. Her name is Jan Minor. Don't know it. Uh, and yeah, she's done 33 films. Good for you, Jan. Nice work. Uh, she passed away in 2007? I don't know when she passed away. I'm guessing. Uh, she passed away in 2004. Close. Um, let's see. It's, she was really good. She's I mean, great. She's really great. But like, the, was not, she in a sitcom at all? No. So so let's see. Uh, la, 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 Jackie. The Jackie Gleason show. Oh, she went way back. That's one episode she did there. Uh, NYPD TV series. She did three episodes of Doctors and Nurses. Cop Rock. Cop Rock. The Defender, 1962. So she did Naked City. Not, not, nothing really memorable TV show. The Swimmer. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. in that. Um, the Waltons? Paul Sand and Friends uh, TV show. Okay, another TV show. Then she did Lenny. Mm-hmm. And then uh, One Day at a Time. That's it. There you go. There well, she one episode. One yeah. episode yeah. of One Day at a Time. Okay, that's not it. No. Uh, Willie and Phil, Jeepers. 1984. Yeah, no FDR. Man, she kept rocking it. Pretty great, though. I like uh, hearing people having good careers like Endless this. Love, 1981. Oh, yes. Endless Love. Uh, Cagney and Lacey. She played an episode of Cagney and Lacey. Uh, she was on uh, Paper Dolls mm-hmm. uh, in one episode of that. Two- so she, she had a good pro acting career. She wasn't, no. a, big, she, she wasn't a big hit. She just continued to She did a work. couple of things here and there she was in mermaids oh with Cher yes she oh, was oh, mother superior in mermaids ah uh, okay yeah yeah makes sense now, uh, now I know who she is yeah okay and that clicked into place did it yeah that just clicked for me okay yep. a mermaid's a good movie Cher, she did uh, She did an episode of Law and Order yeah uh, and remember when TV series and Agatha one episode 97 so she didn't do that much I don't know. I mean, like that's pretty good. I mean, over thirty. I recognize like, it from somewhere. Yeah, like she, I, I think that's a that's a. Honestly reason. speaking, like her acting was, especially at the end. Oh, she's she's tremendous. Yeah, she's good all the way through. She's great in the end. Great, great. She seals the deal in the end. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, like this this movie. Like, <sighs> do you think that? Okay, do, uh, question. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Now maybe maybe she is a fantastic actress. We won't never know, but mm-hmm. she doesn't seem like she hasn't done anything like as like looking at that filmography. She hasn't really done anything. So is this a tribute to Bob Fosse at getting that performance from her? Or I think it's it- probably a combination. She's like she clearly had some chops, right? She's clearly good, clearly right. I just think because that, like, like his his I don't like the guy who is the most like. Eh, is the what, agent is the agent agent's not a good actor yeah, he's, he's terrible yeah he's not good and like especially he, at the end where he's like yeah do you know time getting a deal on this thing like it's yeah. just like okay here you go you're like, just yeah, he's supposed sell- to be fakey but uh, doesn't doesn't it doesn't sell it, doesn't it. Sell it right sell it. yeah weak, weak spot in the movie for me is that guy right yeah like that yeah, like that should be that should be ned Beatty. like that should have been the ned Beatty role right there yes like, he would have fucking rocked that one Yes, what was he doing? Right. He's done like five movies a year in the seventies. Like how come he wasn't in this? Right. Jack Klugman could have done it. Klugman would have been good. Klugman all Klugman always good. You can always solve a problem with Klugman. Like who do we do? Who do we put in this? Klugman. Call Klugman. With but a K. you would Call have Klugman. recognized him. Yeah, and it would True. have taken you out. Or yeah. who would have yeah. been the other one? Uh, 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 I'm blanking. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but I I, uh, I would say yeah yeah I, I think he he need they needed someone else in that role to make to really pull it off. Like he seemed like, you know, 
kind of like sitcom casting agent, you know, yeah. and didn't really play it. But the uh, but the women in the movie carry the movie. Also, the, the movie. guy that did this role, I forget his name, um, but this guy I thought was weird. We are sorting through photographs right now. Um, this guy here I thought was fantastic and creepy and... This oh, guy. oh, that dude's great! Yeah, he, he's Sheldon the, Hart. Yeah, he's a he's the sort of like the the famous whatever talk show host or something that's going to give Lenny a shot. All right, and he's like, "You're great, pal," and then you just you shouldn't work blue. You know, you shouldn't work. You shouldn't use all those swear words. And he's like, "Yeah, no, that's great advice. I'll do that. I'll, I'll totally totally take that advice." And then Jerry well, no, 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 yeah. And that was really bad. Yeah. So you need to like tame it down. Yeah. And he's he got his hand mistake. on her leg. Yeah. He's got his hand on his wife's bag. leg yeah. while he's and giving him caressing, a lecture. Yeah. Caressing her leg with his right. thumb. And he says, just I'll give you another shot. You go up on stage and then we'll get you on the show. It's going to be fantastic. So he thanks the guy. The guy's like, like so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you're so funny. The only he, thing I'm going to say is talk slower so I can write these jokes down. Yeah. You're not giving him a chance. Because he gives him this big introduction to the crowd. Like, right. this guy, I'm really investing in this guy. I support right. Lenny Bruce. Right. He's so amazing. He's my new find. You're going to see him on the show. Magnificent. And right. then Lenny Bruce is like, yeah, cool. And then he says, I'm sorry if I offended any one of you guys because I understand, you know, you may have been offended by the words I said yesterday. And the only thing I'm going to tell you guys is – I want to piss on all of you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite bits. And he's like, I thought tonight I'd piss on you. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't that fast. I mean, he really thought about it. Right, right. Yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah. it was like. That I was could, his breakout could, moment. It, yeah, am I going to do this? Yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> At which point they leave and everyone's like, you're through, buddy. You're yeah. never going to work in show business yeah, again. Right. He's like, oh, really? You're going to give me that old line? Yeah. And oh, he actually like, says that. He's yeah. like, you're going to give me that old line? Yeah. And and this is where where Hoffman really shines uh, early on is like in these moments when he's like in you know fuck off I'm doing it my own way mode like that's yeah. when I'm like like I see why this guy is so likable like I really like he, you're just like he's such a champion of the moment and he just owns it and it's great like he doesn't he like he doesn't play it angry he plays it like easy like I also easy fuck you. I also thought it was a very interesting choice by Fosse to have bearded Lenny Bruce mm -hmm. be the narrator essentially. the narrator right, right. and yeah. then when you go through the narration of the story as you're going through time you eventually end up with bearded Lenny right Bruce. yeah but I, that's that there. was like that the was, Howard Hughes thing right where because showing him bearded showed him just totally losing his yeah he's it was becoming good. unstable yeah and no, that's a great choice it's it was a, a great choice. choice and I don't he wasn't unstable in bearded state, he was unstable just before bearded state. Yeah, when he right. was showed up on stage with like no shoes and yeah, raincoat, fucking high as a kite, right? Yeah, yeah it's just yeah, it's yeah, bad way too much heroin, right? Uh, yeah, but yeah, he's. Uh, I, I think that like it's he does a great job of that stuff early on, and then when he really realizes how like how important this has become to him and how and how fucked he is, like that's when Hoffman really takes off. Like that's when he's great in the movie is and it's towards the end when he's like, you know, essentially pleading with the judge, like, you know, like the, the, the whole ending bit when he's pleading with the judge reminds me of, um, uh, Daniel day Lewis in the crucible mm. when he's set with the, the leave me my name speech. And I'm just like, this is fucking, I can, I remember like I, when I was watching that, I was like, this is the part that seared its way into my head. 
Like this is that when I was a kid and I saw this, I was like, Oh my God. Like that's the, one of the first times I've seen anyone sort of fight for something they believe in desperately. And sure. like it became a, a landmark. In Chris, the, in what was brain. your favorite, most memorable moment, or at least one that you liked about good time? <laughs> you want to go back there? Yeah. No, I'm just asking. We're, it's not going back. It's not like we have to drive. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can go all the way back to good. It's going like, to take like two hours. My memory favorite. Is- Favorite moment. Will we have parking? <laughs> it's really hard to park there. Oh, great. There's a ticket on us. Great. <sighs> oh, fine. Good time. <laughs> I'm trying to find, like, like, because you have so many memorable moments for Lenny, and I'm like, there's got to be something where you're like, oh, my God, that was good filmmaking. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it was good filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to let go of that bunch. I'm not going to let no, go. Of it. No. I, I have to stand my ground. Yeah, I understand it. I understand uh, it. No, I'm not. I, I'm not that stubborn. I, I don't know. I. I think in general it was the comedy of errors. When I see it as a comedy of errors, right, it makes more sense to you anyway. But it didn't present itself that way. To yeah, me. It's, it plays it. it plays it almost too straight and too straight for you. It's way too straight. Yeah, right. Right. Like, but that's what Buffalo 66 did too. Though. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is that you, you really, it's, he was much more annoyed, but lovable character. Right. And you saw the comedy and after a while. Yeah. And like Buffalo 66 has a, has a heightened style, almost a Wes Anderson, the framing to it. It's like a, it's like Wes Anderson where like a grim seventies filmmaker with lots of heroin. Then that that's Buffalo sixty six. Like, but it still has the the the, the weird. And he shot it on like reversal film. Oh yeah, God, the movie looks great. The movie looks great. And like the and we've talked about. We should probably talk about this on a separate episode. But like the strip club scene in Buffalo sixty six plays. Yes, where, where you with yes playing is we've one talked of my about this on the podcast. Favorite scenes. We've talked about this on the podcast. It's so good, dude. We don't have to pay for that. The, the, uh, How long has it been, by the way? It's actually not as long as two and a half hours. Close to seventeen. Two seventeen. Yeah, easy peasy. Okay, we're just gonna have a little. Eric needs to Eric break. Uh, it's Eric. Uh, Eric silent. is gonna be absent for us <laughs> for a second. Are we gonna yeah. talk about something separately while he's gone? Yeah, we're gonna talk about Eric. That's it. Okay. Still so handsome. So handsome. That's it. That's Eric's exit music. So handsome. So handsome. <laughs> So, what's up with that light? It's like a strobe light out there. What's? Oh, is it? It's like uh, a disco. <laughs> really? What's happening? That's totally weird. <laughs> Sorry, I just uh, I I always think of the um, yeah because when people have uh, photosensitivity to uh, flashing lights and gives them seizures, I always think of um, of the time go? the uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, the Pikachu story. When they uh, there's an episode of um, oh that caused all those seizures that caused all these seizures and they reported it on the news and showed, they showed it again that, 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 that thousand more people had seizures oh brother <laughs> like at some point did someone go no wait <laughs> like, guys and then they reported it again and then we showed it Don't you, this <laughs> that's there's another story that's related to that mm. uh, it's almost exactly the same thing so apparently. Uh, when everyone's getting their Alexis or whatever, someone, you know, some girl, little girl said, Alexa, buy me a dollhouse. And then suddenly it <laughs> bought, bought the girl a dollhouse, doll right? Right, 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 right. And that was like a big story. And like, uh, that's not on my, you know, the hell, you know. Yeah. And so um, 
So they went on the news in San Diego. Alexa. So this girl girl said, Alexa, buy me a dollhouse. And everyone who had an Alexa, it all went off and bought dollhouses for everyone. (laughs) So thousands of dollhouses were were, were purchased. This was like the early – I think they've actually figured this out. They don't have – this is not a problem anymore. I I love the idea of it being like a a dollhouse, you know, like a – uh, stock spike. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> you know, like, I'm so glad I invested. What is happening? Like, right. That's so crazy. The light. What is going on? We have on? a massive <laughs> flicker attack. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go check this out while I use the, the, the I'm have... going to go check out the light. Let's just yeah, put it that and, way. Uh, and other things. And uh, <laughs> could you, could you bring me a spin drift on the way back? Here. Yes. Take you don't take that one? No, 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 right. no I'll get you. I left my I'll glass go. in there. So oh, uh, sorry, everybody. This is our transitional moment. This is when we normally play the, uh, uh, the music where you can go and I oh, see now. Okay. So now I am alone in the room. Hello, everybody. This is Dan Thrawn. We've, uh, oh, I'm just enjoying a good spin drift here. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm, uh, Hi, Richard Spindrift. Richard Dickie Spindrift. Yeah, we don't Hi, have Dickie LaCroix Dickie anymore. Spindrift. Poor old Dickie LaCroix. Whatever happened to him? Turned out artificial flavors. Was it all artificial? Yeah. They were lying about something, I guess. I don't know. Yep. So what happened to their stock? Uh, it crashed horribly, and they were—they are now worth almost nothing. Oh, really? That's what—that's what I hear. I don't know if that's actually true. That's what I heard on the, on the radio. Um, but so now we've switched over to uh, Spindrift Sparkling Water, a real squeezed fruit. Yep, that's it. It says with a sort of—it almost looks like a Nantucketish kind of font right there. Everything Very nice. you like about Lacroix, but we're not. Yeah, and 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 to my and just to show you how low class i am this this stuff is good it's a little bit sour for me this feels this like uh, this is like i'm drinking a mixer like uh, i'm not a, i'm not totally one over on spindrift maybe if i keep on p- pounding it down uh it'll take off for me but Lacroix, i'm i'm i still buy Lacroix. i endorse Lacroix, and uh they haven't let me down as hard as um say luck alum who has not uh called us yet luck alum has not called us right no. they have not called us and no. i have I'll be honest with you, Dan. Uh, I have called numerous times. I'm not saying I'm upset. How many about the messages holiday? do you have to leave? Lockalum.com. Yeah, and it's they're not responding. This so is, we're yeah, going to have to find a new bit of business. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to find new sponsors. We're no longer trying to go after Lockalum. We're going after Spindrift, sparkling water, real squeezed. We fruit. have Lockalum out there. Oh, uh, take it all back. Lockalum is delicious, and we might have a little bit tonight. In fact, Kristen got Lockalum specifically. We so love you, Lockalum. But you. Were- <laughs> I've <laughs> been drinking Spindrift, so she's going to be very disappointed. Oh, I'm going comes. to drink Lacalam also. Okay. This is the Spindrift. I was just complaining that Spindrift is too sour for me, so it's just going to cleanse my palate to make way for Lacalam. Sour. We've always loved loved Lacalam, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we we can't wait to talk to you. Sorry for all the okay. messages. All right, and now we're back. That was the interlude. <laughs> okay. Do you do you need to get up? No, no, I'm good. good. Okay, I, I'm I'm uh, I braced myself. All right. Okay, that's better than it was. I'm, so, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting acclimated to Spindrift. I think it's just the difference between Spindrift and La, not Lacalum, which we love, um, and uh, Lacroix La is so steep. This is so sharp. Mm-hmm. I'm just unprepared. What are you eating? Something? I am. Oh, nice! It's one of these little prosciutto wrapped cheese things. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's cheese wrapped in prosciutto. Yeah, it's sort of like a fancy uh, cheese stick. <laughs> It's it's like something you give your kid for lunch to go to school with in a really rich school. 
Yes. It's like here. Yes. What, uh, the, what's the character from um, Breakfast Club? Uh, Molly Ringwald. Molly character. Ringwald's character. Yeah. 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 She. Yeah. This she is brings sushi. Lunch. She brings sushi. Yeah. Yeah. To this, lunch. Yeah. This is this is the this is the 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 meat version of the same. This is meat sushi with cheese inside. Yeah. It's Although gross. in Los Angeles, most kids have had sushi. That's true. I even eat sushi from uh, like Ralph's and Vaughn's now. It's mm-hmm. not bad. Like I never would have. <laughs> like, like it's perfectly not poisonous. And yeah. Utterly. As long acceptable. as you do like California rolls, which is pretty cooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I dip into the salmon. Salmon? I go salmon. 7-Eleven, do they have sushi? 7-Eleven does have sushi. I've seen I've seen sushi, and maybe not 7-Eleven, but I've definitely, I've seen the convenience store sushi, and it doesn't look terrible. There was, there was, there was some commercial I saw about someone who was like, it was, it's for a bank, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the ki- the guy was like, you know, you've always been super cautious about everything. Right. But, you know, now you know that it's safe to do things because you're working with our bank. Convenience and then, store sushi. And so he's at, he's at, he's, mm-hmm. at, he's at the grocery store. And it says Dale Sushi half off. Half off. And he goes, I'll take the whole lot. <laughs> so that's me. That's me. That's how much I love sushi. I'm like, I'm so, I'm so easy on sushi. It's ridiculous. Like, I, it's, I don't care if it's a little bit fishy. That's all right. Grew up on Cape Cod. <laughs> I was right down the block from the fish pier. It's no big deal. I'm used to that smell. Audition. Yeah, I saw that. Stuff. Audition? Are you working on the audition photographs? <laughs> oh, yeah, there you he, go. Basically, audition. Eric uh, has been inspired by by Lenny to look at pictures of women. This yeah. is yeah, not appropriate no, for the podcast. But no, there's plenty, I, no, there's bearded it's men from here. the last movie. Yeah. I'm just going through. Uh, the last week's show... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have the calendar in front of me, but I haven't completely finished um, the pin. Don't look. Yes, pin. Don't look now. An audition. Mm-hmm. Oh, which, uh, you guys have heard Halloween. by now. Yeah, yeah. So this is. This I have a little bit that. of time yeah. this after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're fine. Don't worry about it. But just no to keep people up to date, I mean, we record these um, long before. Yeah. So this is not going to. When we record this, it'll probably be out in like a month and a half. Yeah. So th- this is today is uh, I think November sixteenth. Nineteen eighty-seven. We're very ahead of the game. Oh my god! What's going on? What's happening? Oh yeah, that's great. We're looking at. uh, uh, Sorry, everybody. We are looking at uh, the doctored photographs that uh, Eric has put together, and they're characteristically hilarious and well done. Right. We should remind people to go to martinigiant.com and go to the gallery section there. Yeah. Besides just checking out the thing and subscribing to our podcast, because we use these illustrations for say our web presence and Facebook and Twitter, but there's Actually, a lot. many hundreds more. <laughs> many, many, many more. Yeah, there's, uh, and, and they're hilarious. We are flush. With some the, of them are like that. You don't even realize that they're. It takes doctored. a second to, to to see what got like, treated. What yeah, you did, what we, what you did on um, on uh, 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 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where I'm serving the drinks to the guy. It, it goes right by. You almost you don't even like it. wait, yeah. wait, what? Yeah, and I'm way. like in the foreground. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you don't even brilliant. realize that. It's totally brilliant work. There. Totally yeah. brilliant work. Uh, I also yeah. love the one where you are uh, Walter Matthau. Uh, Chris is shaking his hand. Yes. Yeah, 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 that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's that's quite good. Yeah. The good one, though, is also Us on the Ledge, which is on the website. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah for an inception. I'm for working inception. on this one. Oh, uh, I love it. Yes, we are looking at a, the uh, the Cary Grant uh, uh 
a photo from uh, Philadelphia Story, which uh, yeah, it's also out by now. Yes, also out by will now. be out yeah. by yeah. yeah. Chris, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, and Chris plays the little girl. Oh, that's darling. I didn't even see. See, it went right by me. Did you take my beard off? No, I kept it on, man. It's part oh, of the it's whole. Beautiful. It's but you know, I did. I did shave my beard. Uh, I, 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 I've had this goatee for since college. Let's just what? Put it that way. And I did shave it once. How'd it go? To um, for a Halloween party at DD to be in drag. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a drag thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going full drag. I just wanted to do it because right it was just fun. And I yep. just wanted to do it's it. It's a good time. It's fun for all. And uh, Karen knew I was going to do it, but she had never seen me without a beard. Mm-hmm. And it freaked her out. Yeah, you're just like, well, no, that's not nope. That's not right. That ain't right. Oh, God, those are great. Look at this. This is the uh, – uh, we have, what, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot are the first two for sure. And then uh, 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 Hopscotch is the last Hopscotch one. Hopscotch is the last one. Okay, we're looking at a, a triptych of the – of the three of us that Eric has prepared, that will be up on the site. Eric, it's, it's already on the site. It's on. This Eric one's on the on the site right is now. Drink, one talk, of drink. the no. most prolific human beings ever to be creator. born. Creator. Yeah, he just makes and makes and makes and makes and makes. Yep. Like There's, I think that's the. Do you thing sleep? That, is there sleep in your life? I wake up early, work out, and then start. what I think is when well, you go to bed, is it very close to the same time that you wake up? I guess I meant to say. No, you gotta get good <laughs> sleep. The My thing that I think also that. with Eric, which is. I like as a character. I've had this conversation with Eric Barba, interestingly, mm-hmm. right? One of the things I like about Eric is if he doesn't like it, he says, fuck it, I'll just do another one, right? right. Eric doesn't sit there and like noodle something to death. Right. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. He throws it away and starts over right. or does something different. And you this- know who else did that? I'm sorry, was Rob Niederhorst. Oh, Rob, friend of the show. He would st- just start a script over again. Oh, I got something for you guys. Hit it. Did you know that Rob Niederhorst was the uh, overall VFX supervisor on John Wick 3? I did know that. I saw yes. it in the theater. I was very, very uh, proud to know him. I, right. I love that work. I thought that movie so, was great. And I was like, Rob. So we have been talking about doing John Wick. Yeah. 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 Now, I know that David Strapenis is one of the people we possibly- – He has a lot to say about John Wick. It's true. It's true. But, but there I are- almost feel like I'm Rob doesn't get- live here though, does he? Niederhorst? I think he does. Rob, tweet us. Where are you? <laughs> but it would be great we all to- know, We all know Rob Niederhorst very well. It would be just great. It would be great to have Rob on the show. Rob, if you're listening, it would be great to have you on the show. Right. For sure. For sure. A really great guy. And you can see him uh, in our V-Ray short yes. as one yeah. of the robbers. Yes. Uh, That's very, great that he funny. did John Wick 3. That's really oh, impressive. It's great. What a movie, too. Man, I love I, I love the John and, Wick pictures. Uh, and that uh, was a great one. Alex Nice did a lot of the uh, art direction on that. He's really talented. Alex Nice. Alex nice. <laughs> So the he designed the whole glass thing, mm. and Amazing. which, by the way, apparently, the they tried to figure out how to get all the glass to explode and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and it wasn't working. So all the glass breaking is mm-hmm. all CG. Holy shit! And, wow! And, and totally I'm, convinced. And Completely a convinced. massive ray tracing challenge. I imagine because of all the reflections all over the fucking that's place. In- yeah, it's incredible. Uh, what, yeah, I really, really John Wick three was such a pleasure. I, I want to actually get those guys on CG Garage to talk about it. So I actually was thinking about getting Alex Nice and Thrawn. You should on this podcast. To I'll talk come on about the podcast. John. Sure. <laughs> uh, you have nothing to do with the movie, Daniel. You just said Thrawn. I'm just saying. You did. Yeah, it's true. So Alex Nice and uh, and Rob Rob Niederhorst. Thrab. 
Throb. Throb. I, said. I didn't say Thrawn. I said Throb. You said Thrawn, right? You said Thrawn. Thank you. I meant Throb. <laughs> Just so you ever know. Uh, Rob Niederhorst's nickname is Throb. Everyone mm-hmm. calls him Throb. In fact, his email was throb at d2.com. But not anymore, so don't email that. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> don't email we'll bleep that. bleep that partially. Like, uh, you no. know. No, yeah, it's fine. No. We'll put it in there for posterity. <laughs> That's right. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, DD's servers are overwhelmed by over- unanswered mail for Throb Needer. We don't have enough <laughs> listeners for that to be a problem. Oh, uh, it's going to be a new virus, the Throb Needer horse. There was a, there was a, there was a guy, uh, uh, who had quit DD when I just started there at, uh, on Day After Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was, oh, I don't remember his name was, but nice guy. I went to work at Sony, mm-hmm. and um, someone because when you when you work on a show, you make these shelves that happen in Maya, right? So you have a shelf uh, that happens just just tools for the specific show mm-hmm. you're on, and mm-hmm. you have yeah. your D uh, your your overall facility shelf, which is D two tools, right? Mm-hmm. And there was one button on the shelf that was just a picture of a dog, I think, or something, right? You know what, like. What does that do? And you click on it and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So you click on it again and nothing happened. Apparently what that did is it sent an email to the guy at Sony <laughs> every time someone clicked on it. That's amazing. That's amazing. So it's like, bloop, what? Bloop. <laughs> and <laughs> just click, sent, click, sent click, an click, email. Click, 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 yeah. click, click. <laughs> that's, I think every show should have that. I think that what did it say hard. in the email though? I don't know. It just said, you know, someone clicked on this thing. Right. I oh, actually could, I had a thing I I, on my phone. There was a there's a program called Tasker, which would be an if this then that kind of situation, mm-hmm. right? But it was actually much more sophisticated than that. But it could do a lot of things. But I basically <laughs> I programmed it that when I connected my headphones to my phone, mm-hmm. if I unplugged the headphones it would send a text message to Stephen Parker saying, Chris Nichols just unplugged his headphones <laughs> <laughs> automatically that's every wow. time I did it. That's hysterical. I think that should be a part of uh, like just anything we do from now on. <laughs> <laughs> it was like – I would get – like, and I would just – Go into my phone and just unplug the headphones that I knew what if it Parker was doing. just got emails randomly for the rest of his life updating him on what we are doing with our electronics, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. God bless that dude. God bless he him. He was like, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> fuck you. He actually just whispers that in his sleep anyway, so it actually <laughs> works out fine. <laughs> Who, which guy is this? Oh, it's, uh, Parker. I yeah. don't think you ever met him. He was on Tron and a bunch of other things. He's a really funny guy. Yeah, really great guy. Really great guy. Yeah, absolutely true. Uh, very entertaining, and uh, he now works in the gaming industry, mobile gaming industry, oh, in the awesome. Bay Area. If you happen to listen, sir, yeah, happy, uh, happy everything to you. Happy everything. anniversaries, etc. He he enjoys uh, he enjoys a good uh, uh, bourbon, mm-hmm. a bourbon yes, drinker. Does. Yes, he does. And uh, he's a very funny guy. Yep. Was in the military yep. for a while. Uh, uh, Texas A and M. Uh, went to architecture and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, was a program. He actually was an employee of Chaos Group for about uh, two or three years. No, oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he was programming. Uh, if you'll pardon me, it's my turn to to, uh, to do your thing. And at which point we have to sort of get a summary of these two things. Oh, you go ahead and start the summary, and I'll I'll catch up. I'll be right back. Okay. All right, Eric. What are you doing? Uh, working on some uh, photoshopping as we're as we're talking? Yeah, because we can do it, right? You can do whatever you want, dude. Keep your hands busy. 
Might as well. <laughs> right? As we go down memory lane. What was the thing about that court case where the guy was saying, you did something with the microphone and it looked like he was jerking off and it was like, that's not what the act was about. What's really strange is like, was it really, was it that the way it was? Yeah. You couldn't say cocksucker publicly. Yeah. And they literally had guys in the clubs going to arrest them after taking notes. It was, it was... He fought against the system. He really did. But it really made him insane. I mean, they right. don't go into the details that how obsessive he was. Right. Like trying to represent yourself. You get a glimpse of that, I think. Yeah, they do talk about that. But not to the extent that from the book. Right. The book goes into detail. It's literally, um, it's insane. You, you get so dizzy because right. you're like, oh my God, just stop. Right. right. You can't win. Stop. Right. And he doesn't. So it's this neurotic impulse to just try to win, win, win. And it just, he defeated himself trying to overcome that. The one that I thought was really interesting is when he, I guess he got uh, arrested for saying cocksucker. Yes. And then he went back because they dismissed the case or whatever it was. He went back and he goes, everyone's just waiting for me to say blah, blah. And then he was like, let me ask you something, sir. Have you ever gotten your you ever gotten a blah blah before, <laughs> or any blah blahs like the whole thing? And then he gets everyone to admit that they've blah blahed before, and it was all like it's just fucking words. <laughs> it is, and that was the point that he was making. It was really, really brilliant because it's like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty, pretty good. It is, but at the same time, what he was fighting for actually killed him. Yeah, I know. And it's um it's strange, but there is this kind of mental instability that you see when you read the book and even see the movie that it's like he loses that hero's edge a little bit. Sure. But I think one of the things that I said when I said, oh, we have to watch this movie together with Good Time, and I know you didn't like Good Time, but I think the idea of – Somebody just saying, fuck it, I'm going to follow my own thing. Whether it's successful or not, this is what I want and to do. Right. And it will always take you down. Yep. Right? And in, at the end, Robert, the, I mean, the uh, the character in Good Time, he just stares at you from the back of the cop car. Right? Sure. And it's like, you might as well have been dead. Now, listen, this is an important note. I just because I didn't like a movie doesn't necessarily mean it's not important to talk about. Oh no 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 no! Right? I, I don't I, I, because I think that there are movies that I don't. There are lots of movies I don't like that are important movies. So just because I didn't like it doesn't mean it's. I and I think it's it's right. I th I mean actually honestly speaking, I love the fact that I really liked Lenny and I didn't like Good Time. I think that was. Something that I was actually looking forward to getting down to the bottom on this with. You know what I mean? Hello, everybody. Hey. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Is there any uh, – like, have I ever not liked a movie on this podcast? Ye Titanic. It's true. <laughs> what are you talking you, about? There, 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 there's <laughs> – Love of my life. I have to go back to the episodes, but I don't – I don't yeah. think there is. Because no. people should really know something about me if they're going to continue to listen to this podcast. There's very few movies that you don't like. I really like everything I see. I'm, I'm, I, I, I trick people into thinking 
that I have good taste because I like everything they like, but that includes everything that has been made. <laughs> yes, that's probably a problem, but um, but we hope we find um, uh, our commentary interesting nonetheless. Yeah, <laughs> it just maybe may make you a little bit more uh, uh, suspicious when I say we should watch Titanic at Chris's house because he's never seen it before. Right, and I love it. I saw it twenty five well, times this, in the theater. The, but <laughs> when it comes down to like these two movies, is very interesting because one I was like just was mind blowing, and the other one felt like. Uh, a student film, right. honestly. Mm. Uh, I, it takes a while to understand the relationship between these two movies. It's not as obvious as, the, as other movies we've done, right? Right. Right, right? Like even even though we accidentally – like when I picked the three horror films we did for Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. The Even when I picked those three movies, I didn't see a relationship with them. I just picked – your favorite – one of your favorite horror films, one of your favorite horror films and one of my favorite horror films and put them together and it was like, oh my god, they're all related because it's all about death in the family, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and it was like, oh, right. And that was cool, right? But these – the relationship between Lenny and Good Time, it's way more subtle mm-hmm. But well, I think but that, still deep, like still strong. I mean, I get it now. There's also a um, there's a little bit of an edge. I kept on thinking that, like, Good Time is like uh, not only do I like Good Time, I really like that movies like that are being made right now in a uh, as as like I like the idea of um, offensive, unlikable characters as my as the main character of a film. And we see a lot, a lot less of that right now because that's not what people want to be seeing. And I think that Lenny sort of, um, are both (laughs) is that and argues for it. And good time, uh, is that and argues for it. You know, it's just like these, uh, like the, I am, I am, I'm, I've said before on the podcast, I'm, I'm like there's been lots and lots of great movies and I'm not complaining about the state of film in terms of like whether good movies are being made but the kinds of movies that are made popularly right now tend to be very self-congratulatory we believe in this movies um as opposed to movies that have very challenging characters that are hard to like like Lenny for instance I don't know I think they're Lenny was 2017 I mean sorry uh, a good time was 2017 mm-hmm. it's a current movie and that's what i mean to say there's like that like but like, there are it breaks it breaks are, out like, it, it's uncommon to see that now is what i was no it's not that was 2017 no you know, no what, I, what what i'm saying is that that is that movie is, is rare at, is out of place right now i don't know I, out of place right now in terms of the movie theater because yeah, I, don't I think, think that's what he's saying though but there are films that are still happening that are like Look at Roma. Roma's got a lot of unlikable heroes in it. Roma? Sure. I, I love the main character of Roma. The the the, the, the woman, yes, yeah. but the like the mother is not necessarily very yeah, likable. They're all they're all very likable though. Yeah. Like even uh, the dad is kind of a kind of a jerk. It's Buster like, Scruggs. Buster Scruggs all very likable. Mm. Oh yeah, like Buster Scruggs is very likable. He's charming, sings songs, all this kind of stuff. No, he's a violent, horrible person. He is. He is, but he is. I don't like, talk to Eric. He hasn't he, seen the movie yet. I've <laughs> seen the movie. <laughs> he, is, he is like Buster Scruggs is like. But you what? like him because he's lovable, even though he kills. Right. 
So well, it tricks Lenny you. Bruce. Like Same it tricks thing. you. Yeah, but he's not likable either. I mean, he's not likable. Same thing. Right. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like there's a difference between Buster Scruggs. He comes out singing and telling jokes and you like him. And then it's revealed that he's a scumbag. Like that's the that's the great trick of the movie. Robert Pattinson is the not. The Marvelous Miss Maisel is based on Lenny Bruce. The yeah, whole thing she, is Lenny Bruce. I know. Right? And she's very likable. She like, is. Like, like she's very, well, the one episode. So I was like, right. I like her. You know, like, like as a, as a character on screen, like I'm rooting for her. I think she's charming, and I like her. As a character on screen, Buster Scruggs, until it's revealed that he's a sociopath, I really like him. Lenny Bruce, I don't like from the get go, and Robert Pattinson, I do not like. Like as a person, like they're bad people, and I still want to watch it. I'm compelled by it, and like it's that, interesting. That's a that's a that's something that we get a lot less of right now. And, and like, and I, I just enjoy it. I think it's a more challenging thing to make. What about the Joker? Well, I think that's going to be a big problem for a lot of people. That movie, you know, like that's that's already that's been the problem. problem, right? Why? Because he's likable, and no, because you're supposed to feel empathetic for someone who's right. despicable. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole different <laughs> level of what we're talking about. It's like the like I'm I have not seen the Joker. I'm li- really looking forward to seeing the Joker, but like people are not in the mood to see movies like that right now, and it and, it, and it's making it- why. Because it's we got Trump in office, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very frightening. It's like because it, it, people are not. I can't talk about. I can't talk about the Joker. I haven't seen it, but I can talk about movies like A Clockwork Orange did the same thing. There's a good article yeah. in the a Hollywood Reporter about this, but it's like that. The point of A Clockwork Orange is not to endorse what Alex DeLarge is doing. Like it's the opposite of that, but it is an upsetting thing to experience, and in like it. Yeah, like showing you, like showing this stuff, like makes you think about, uh, not only the the experience itself or, or the things that it's covering, but how you relate because you feel sympathy or empathy towards this person. Like, how is this related to similar feelings in yourself, and how are you like this, even if you're not that bad? Mm. You know, and I think that's really hard for people to deal with right now. And when we have a situation like, I mean, like as you said, Trump in office, it's like. Like we're so afraid of what this guy is going to do that we want to separate ourselves from anything like him. Um, And, and so people that vote for him are monsters and, you know, like we, we don't want to have any empathy towards the enemy and all this kind of stuff. And by doing that, like we actually make it harder to, to make things better. And uh, I think that that's the, the fear that people have over Joker is not just fear of those kinds of people, but also the fact that you might empathize with him will probably freak you out. And I mean that it like for a, for say like an anti-Trump person will go to see this and recognize in like uh, non-sympathetic emotions in this character that they feel towards Trump supporters. Right. You know, like, and it's really freaky, you know, when you realize that there's a part of you that is, so angry and isolated that you have um, that you now treat people as inhuman, you know, that's a frightening experience. And I'm, you know, I have no idea. I don't know if that's what happens in Joker, but it seems to be from reading about how people react. That's what seems to be happening with Joker. Yeah. You know? And so it's a, uh, I, and I empathize with it. Like, I can't, like, I don't want to, you know, uh, say like, Oh, those monsters that blah, 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 you know, whatever it is. Like, you want to be empath- empathetic towards that and say like, this is a, I understand that it's frightening, but it's doing this so that we uh, confront it in ourselves rather than um, uh, rather than celebrate it. 
And, uh, and because by not confronting it, we're going to do it. And it's like, I feel like a lot of stuff is like, we are in danger of turning into the bad guys that we are afraid of. And, uh, we got, we should, we should watch challenging movies that help us recognize these things and avoid them. And, uh, and in Lenny is like this also, you know, good time is like that, but Lenny is really like that where it's just like, there's scenes in Lenny where you're like, none of this would fly today. Like this humor is super offensive, no matter what the, you know, no matter what the context is, no matter what he's saying, what he, what he, what the intention is like, this guy would be out completely out today. You know, and uh, even though the intention of what he's saying is, say, anti-racist or very, pro, like, very pro-human, hum, like, human rights, not only First Amendment rights. Right. Um, uh, like, because he's talking, like, the way that he's telling the jokes, you know, yeah. uh, like, he, like, he essentially has, you know, stuff that it's like, he's telling anti-racist jokes with racist terminology. Right. So he he's is, basically using the N-word and trying to disarm that word. Right. right? Exactly. He's, and the fact that... Again, this has happened on the show before. I have tried to quote movies where they say the N-word and I've actually said the N-word. And we, as a collective – Yeah, we decided – like, we, we, we're not going to do that. We're not going <laughs> yeah, to do that. do that because we're scared – yeah, well, yeah, the, I, th- I think it's that yeah, like impact. It's, I, I, like I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly. I mean, like I, I think that it has become a, it has become a dangerous word, and we shouldn't say it because people will be hurt it's, by it. But the whole point but of the argument Lenny of like, yeah, was is like, like, why don't we just not make it a dangerous word right, anymore? Right. It's like this is a like, and, and not to get stuck on talking about that one thing, but like the imp- yeah, like, but it's important. Being, like uh, by running away from confronting things that are difficult make it, it 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 empowers the danger that you're trying to avoid is is true and like the uh like his whole act that one section of the film is like because we have made this such a terrifying like the like such a terrifying thing to say for like the results of saying this are are the end of your career mm-hmm. um that no matter if you're saying something no no matter if it's in the context of saying something positive like you'll be destroyed for it uh, makes the word even more dangerous. Like it's a, it's like look it's what like happened a, to the Saturday Night Live comedian. I, I don't know anything. About, I read about that guy. Today. I don't know anything about that guy. Yeah, but I like mean, the, he did said some really stupid stuff. Like if he's an idiot, he's an idiot. But I mean, like the like I can imagine like like Quentin, like for instance, like like Quentin Tarantino has made two at least two movies in a row that are like straightforward anti-racist movies, completely about slavery. And about racism, like between Hateful Eight and uh, and Django Chan, and Chan, yep. and people still got on him for the uh, the use of the N word in the movies. And I'm like, even given the context and what he is saying, the word is such dynamite that people ignore what the movie is saying. And I think that that's a bad situation. You know, like I understand, like um, you know, this is not a word that I'm that I'm ever going to use in any kind of context because it's hurtful, and I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to hurt people, yeah. but we there. There. There must be some other way around this than making it more powerful every day. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's the. That's what specifically the point. And Lenny is right. like, what if the president of the universe of the of the world, yeah, president of the United States, were to say, say but to say this, 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 this and this, refer to his cabinet this way, and use all these racial slurs, right? So, and so then he's like, if he everyone just said words. it, right. everyone said it. And right. then it didn't mean what you think it means. Yeah. And then everyone just said it. Make and it then, stupid. And make it doesn't mean anything. Right. right. And then they're done. Right. Yeah. And like, like obviously that's not something that can be, you know, really done right now, but like it is conceptually something to, 
to think of like, where are we going with how we're thinking? Like it, it ends up, if we're making things more dangerous, what can we do to stop that? You know? And it's like, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, you know, like I am, a ve- I hope it comes across that I'm a very strongly anti-racist person. Like I want to, like, I would want to be part of, uh, what solves these kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, uh, movies like Lenny, like it confronts it so directly and so sharply that it may offend you. Like that may be true, the but that you, the, the way that we react to that offense is the most important thing. Like you go like, wow, that really shocked me. That really offended me. How can I use what it made me think of so I can try to make, so I can assist in making things better. Right. Like, which is his actual intent when the movie's actual intent. And so like, it's very tricky to think about, but it's important to think about. And there was a great point that was made. This is a, about Joker. Um, this guy, uh, I think it was Hollywood reporter that did it, but oh, like, um, they pointed out like, listen, you know, like, yes, there is a responsibility of filmmakers to, um, be aware of what they're saying. They can't just throw stuff out there because it's fun to throw bombs. Right. Uh, and if you're going to be incendiary in some way, like you should be very, very, uh, thoughtful about what you intend and the context you're ser- serving up and what you're trying to say with it. But also it is our responsibility as audience members if we're going to engage with a movie, uh, that we do the same thing, that we don't just treat things like, uh, on the surface, that we engage them for real and we try to make use of this in a positive way in our lives. And I think that like that Lenny is 100%, uh, the context of it is anti-racism, anti-homophobia and pro free, free speech. Mm-hmm. Right. And you may go into this and you may get hit hard by some, like some, some very serious fucking nasty language, mm-hmm. uh, and some other, and all sorts of stuff. And I just, I think we recommend ride it out and think about it. Like what is being said? What's actually being said? Right. You know, because he has like, he says same, like as cruelly as he treats his wife over her bisexuality, like he also uses, humor to say like what the fuck why do we treat gay people differently differently and poorly you know and uh and he does it using uh what on the surface are slurs and then he turns and then he turns it into a statement like he Mm -hmm. uses your your reaction as as leverage to open up where you are like where you are you are still holding back even even in 1974 that was like pretty Oh, Avangar. yeah, absolutely. Like even when absolutely. the, like as a movie obviously came out way after his, de- came, his right. death. Right? right. So it's like, oh. right. But this is the, like, this is the, this is the deal right so right now. I mean, like, uh, I mean this with all respect to everybody. It's like, I understand people being people like we're in a fucking tight time right now with the president like, that we have and the problems that we have and the people that have become so arch about their support for someone who is not doing a, you know, not doing good service to America. Support or actually, <laughs> well, support or resentment. Yeah, because the the people on the resentment side are it can are be just equally, as yeah, bad. Exactly, and but like, but like as much uh, as much anger and fear as we feel over this stuff, it is irresponsible to uh, react uh, as at a shallow level to this kind of material. Like, if you're going to engage it, think about it. 
Right. You know, because like the, what you, if your, if your goal really is to diffuse stuff, um, then your responsibility when engaging it is to diffuse it, not just react to it and, and show it equal force and anger. Right. And especially in a movie like with it, like movies like Good Time and Lenny, which are like, especially Lenny, which has very, uh, good, heartfelt things to say about stuff that you really care about, that I really care about, that it says it in, hardcore and slightly offensive ways to get your goat let your goat get got <laughs> you know let your goat get got like i this is what okay. i mean when Dot i say com. yeah it's like this is what i mean when i say we that i gotta I'm, register that domain <laughs> like when i say that i'm a fan of offense it's not because i want people to be offended it's because i want people to think through what they believe and let these things uh work out to be good good forces sure you know, and Lenny is, is definitely an argument for that. And like it, it, you know, like I said, I saw it when I was young and it stuck with me very, very hardcore. And I still feel that same way today. And I, and I feel like, you know, when things like Joker come out, it's an opportunity for us to have a different kind of dialogue than we're having right now. Yep. So, uh, a couple things, um, we, I will be gone for a couple weeks so we won't be able to do the podcast. Are you going to Malta for two weeks? Well, yeah, I, I get back on the Monday, and so I'm not going to be able to do a podcast on the following Tuesday. I think Tuesday. you can. <laughs> do it. Push so, through. <laughs> but we have plenty of material to go through for us for a while, which is fine. But it does bring up uh, a point that over the next two weeks, we could start planning some some new podcasts. Um. There has been several suggestions from our listeners. To do likable movies? <laughs> no. Uh, what? To, Good time, too. To um, do French movies. <gasps> so uh, there's, yeah, Melville. I know mm-hmm. you talked about that. We talked Jack Tati. Mm-hmm. Playtime. Uh, Playtime. Yeah. Uh, and Mon Oncle. I love Mon mm-hmm. Oncle, which is an er- earlier. Yeah, it's earlier. Mm-hmm. It's one of his earlier ones. Um, there is uh, Wes Anderson films. Mm-hmm. I think if you do Wes Anderson film at some point, uh, Eric, we should do it with with Olivia. I think it would be fun. Okay. Because I know she loves Wes Anderson stuff, right? Yep. Um, Kim said In the Mood for Love. Oh, yeah. Great film. Uh, idiocracy would be pretty funny, like because we keep talking about Trump. Might as well just right, get right, it out right, there, right? right. Um, there is a whole bunch of uh, Alex's deep dive into directors like Michael Mann, Chris Nolan, uh, Tarantino, Scorsese, Miyazaki, etc., 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 etc. So that would be interesting. Oh, right. So guests, mm-hmm. we should think about getting guests again. Oh, absolutely. It's been a while since we've had a guest on here. But Neil Blomkamp. Go, well, Neil. Neil does not want to be a guest. I know he doesn't, but Why? man. Why wouldn't he want Because we said bad things. It was actually Thrawn's fault. He said, I, I admit it. He said bad things about Elysium. I, 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 wrote bad, I wrote negative articles about Elysium. What, if we, what so. if we did it this way? But what I really if we admire said, and respect his current work, and I admire and respect his work anyway. It was actually Throb. Yeah, that's right. Daniel Throb. I think you're confused with the VFX supervisor for John Wick 3. It's actually Thrawn loves your work. 
I admire, I admire yeah. Blomkamp quite a bit, and I hope that he reconsiders it. Just, just so, so everyone knows, like when we did the Blomkamp episode, I know I have a friend of mine who's close with Neil Blomkamp gave him an early version of the podcast, like, "Hey, these guys just did a podcast all about your movies." And he did not like what we had to say. But it was very cool of him to listen to it. He I did. That was very, what, very fucking cool. What did he not like? I'm he's not- like, I, he, he was basically, it was in the early days of the podcast, which we are still in the early days. Right. But I basically, it's like, hey, maybe he'd like it and he could retweet about it or whatever. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. They said shitty things about Elysium. <laughs> which is understandable. It's completely understandable. Yeah, why don't you come on our podcast where we fucking insulted your work? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we didn't reasonable. really he's say not- shitty things. Actually, you said you'd like Elysium after you said uh, re- This is actually this interesting. Yeah. We just had this conversation. You said, have, you ever, have we ever had a movie that I didn't like on a podcast? Yeah. Elysium. But I ended up liking Elysium. But you ended up liking yeah. it. Like the rewatch, the rewatch on. Um, Wait a minute, are we supposed to candy coat stuff? No, no, no. Not That's all. why I'm totally cool with it. No, I was. I'm like, totally cool would, with the fact that he doesn't want to. I, I'm only stepping in to say, talk like, about the I don't podcast. Think, I don't think that he's a jerk for not wanting to be on a podcast in which we said bad things about his songs. <laughs> no, <laughs> I of think course. that's totally totally reasonable, and it was very nice of him to listen. Yes, that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, you know, like I, I you know, we, we have we've said what we said. We have notes on what we have notes on. As much as that matters to him at all, and but he. He did. He did listen to he it. He did listen. I thought that was very, very professional and very yeah. cool of him. So, um, okay. But uh, Nicole said we should have more uh, women speakers. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, so Nicole, doubt. Uh, she's welcome to come on. She can be on Zodiac. That's what she said. Have you covered Zodiac? Oh man, I'll talk about Zodiac. Ooh boy, I'm I love talk that. About that movie is right. perfect. Good, perfect film. Cat, uh, Cat uh, wants to be on two. I'd love to have her as a guest, but she'd have to tell us what she wants to talk about. Cat, Cat Elliot. Uh, well, that w- I knew her as Cat Elliot, but she's now married. So Cat Elliot van der Jopt. Yep, I think is her name now. Uh, la, 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 la. Anyway, I think I, I got most. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I covered. All- oh, and Sally uh, Slade has another suggestion for another guest on there, but I. Uh, which I'm totally up for, and uh, but Sally herself is welcome to come back. Mentioned City of God. Uh, the other one he said, uh, same director, uh, Elite Squad. Oh, did he do City of God also? Same guy. City of God and Elite Squad. Oh, Elite Squad's great. Right, Elite Squad's great. So he he uh, this is uh, Philip Glazer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Say so he suggested City of God and Elite Squad. Oh yeah, okay. Philip Glazer. Yeah, no, like Elite Squad is super cool, man. That's like. That's a hardcore movie. It's a yeah. good movie. It's fun. And so you've got it's a hardcore movie too. Right. Anyone. Same director, I think. Yeah, I'm done. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, maybe I think so. that's what he it's, said. Yeah, because it's the director of Ro- the remake of RoboCop. If he also did, did he do a City of God as well? That's interesting. Yeah. I'm, anyway, great films. Great films. All right. I'm so I don't know. My my thing it's is like, like okay. Honestly, I'd like to, for our next one. We have a couple weeks to plan. Try to find a guest to be on the podcast. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, I'm trying to get Rory to be on. He would be cool. Uh, maybe we get Throb to be on. Maybe we get uh, Strapenis mm-hmm. uh, or Nicole or Cat uh, or whoever. But like, try to if we could if we can put some effort into doing a guest, that would be great. Yeah, no, it's super fun. And uh, again, if people have suggestions, please keep on mailing us at yeah. Uh, mail us at uh, podcast at martinigiant.com. Yeah, or uh, hit us up on Twitter at 
Uh, Martini Giant. And Instagram at? Martini underscore Giant. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) And Facebook is facebook.com slash Martini Giant. That's correct. And so all this is available to you guys. And make sure to check us out at martinigiant.com. We would love to hear from you guys uh, through all the social media channels that we mentioned. But also, if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, very helpful for us. So just go to Apple Podcast and just leave us a review and a rating. Uh, that would be really helpful. Uh, besides that, I think I think we got it. Eric, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. These are your movies, buddy. I like them. I really uh, love Lenny. Thank you for bringing this to the to the. Podcast. I always like Lenny. Uh, that's good. Yeah, it's very I actually, in my life. Uh, I really there's a magic to it. Even though the subject matter, there's a uh, part of this rebellious singular character um, even though you know you're going to lose. Yeah. And maybe even that's why I put those two together because I just felt like they know they can't win the fight. Yeah. No, it's And yet great. they still exert all that energy yeah. to continue. Right. And, you know, it's no different than if they were stuck in a life raft <laughs> and, and they kept paddling. Yeah. And you'd say, do you want to give up or do you keep paddling? Just keep on paddling, dude. Keep on going. But in all the wrong ways. Right. I agree with you, Chris. We should talk about these movies. I agree with you, Chris, about uh, it seemed like a student film. And I think I know why. Mm-hmm. I feel like the lens didn't breathe enough. Yeah, no, a little, bit, a little more open. Sure. A little more open. And help. that's yeah, the needed, one problem I have shots. with it. Yeah, you know – it just didn't breathe. Yeah. And I love the tension that it created, but the way they thought about the tension maybe was like a student yeah, filmmaker. Like, find the right find the right moment to open it up so it so it yeah, really it brings didn't it really in. open yeah. up. But yeah, all those okay. performances are great and I really love the film, but the way they just had stuck with right. we want the tension, so yeah, let's you're not right move. Up, it's like uh, it's like it's uh, like Sergio okay, Leone gunfight all the time. Give me a moment to leave. Yeah. And so driving over like the Brooklyn BQE with a helicopter, I'm like, oh god, we're wide. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Even though it's air. night and yeah. you're seeing like exits to the right. GW Bridge or something, you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll take that. But uh, I, 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 uh, I also feel that it has a student film quality. But the way that I mean it is like when I love seeing. Fresh, new, intense work. Yes. Even when it's a little, like, when it's not all the way together, that's okay. Like it's uh, seeing something like that, uh, fucking alive, really gets me mm-hmm. going. And the, the less of that, more Marvel films, please. Yeah. Oh, good God. Oh. <laughs> I, I tell you, I finally, we finally saw Endgame. I watched all the. I was just like, thank God. It's, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. It's fun. Watched it with my son. Had a blast. It's and over now. I am so happy. That that whole thing is over. <laughs> that entire run is over. Sort of. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, like, because I will say that I really loved Winter Soldier, and I really loved uh, Ragnarok, and I really loved Doctor Strange. Those are my. Those are the winners for me. Those are good. Those are all good three movies. of those yeah. are the best. I think. Um, Although I think the very first Iron Man is fantastic. It's very good. Yes. Very very good. Yeah. I like the. I worked on. Yeah. yeah. These are good. Bo- these Did are you all work good on the movies. very first Iron Man? Yeah. Really nice work. Yeah. No, these are all good movies, but I am. I welcome our. The the new crazy electric stuff that is seems to be on the horizon, such as new movies by this guy, these guys, the brothers who directed Good Time, uh, Joker, Marriage Story, uh, Joker's God, God, there's like a ton of uh, Jojo Rabbit, Jojo like some Rabbit. absolutely exciting, awesome looking movies coming up, and I'm hoping that they're as great as they look. I'm very very thrilled. 
So that's my two cents. Everybody ready? Yep. Yes. I'm ready. Drink. Talk. Drink. <laughs>